Quest episode 164. I am Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always. Uh, 64 bits of power, do the math. Family Master, David McBurney. And returning guest. Hey, I'm Matt Mason, Platy M3, back again, talking more DQ and uh, whatever else our conversations go towards. Sweet. So everything. Basically everything. <laughs> uh, and Gaijin should be long at some point, hopefully. Everyone in this looks like they were like they're like a rubber mask forced to life. Uh, yes. For the listeners at home, we I am playing uh, Justice League Heroes on PSP. Which uh, looks like a solid port of a not amazing game. <laughs> I'm pretty Justice sure League Heroes. Pretty sure I was just punching a civilian. Good work. <laughs> Great job, Soups. Maybe Lex is right about you. Happen. Lex wins. Um, so yeah, we don't have a lot of questions, so let's start off with something that's not one. What's everybody <laughs> playing? What have we been playing? Uh, I've been playing Minecraft Dungeons. Like a lot it's of like Minecraft, Minecraft but also Diablo. <laughs> actually, it's actually not like Minecraft in Slist. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, there's no. Like the album, I saw some positive the reviews of that. It's actually fantastic. I kind of like it more than Diablo. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you're so, free of looking forward to Diablo Four now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously a lot simplified a lot since it's geared toward a younger audience. So there's no classes. Uh, just. Oh, no. Did I cut out entirely? I can hear you. Can you not hear me? Can anyone hear me? Okay, I, I can hear you now. Okay. I can hear you. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was saying, uh, so Minecraft Dungeons are obviously pretty simplified, so you've got like two weapon slots, like a melee weapon and a, a bow, and one piece of armor, and three artifacts, which are basically like reusable skills. Uh, which have a pretty wide variety. Like, uh, there's some that summon, uh, like, little helpers. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. You were stuttering for a bit there. You were, but it's been clear for a good minute or two. Okay. Uh, so some of the skills are, like, summon a little helper animal, like a wolf or a llama. Uh, I've been using the llama because it attacks by spitting at enemies, and it's hilarious. Uh, there's things like get a like a get like nine or so fire arrows to shoot off. There's a one that's a fire. You get one firework to shoot off with, with your bow. Uh, and there's some items where they get powered up as you kill the enemies, and then they can unleash like a powerful attack. 
Uh, there's some that drop like little totems, like a shield totem or a regeneration totem. It's, it's, it's a really good variety, and you can change up how you, you approach things a lot, depending on which of those you pick up. Uh, so, and the loot drops, th there aren't as many loot drops as Diablo, so you're not going to have to do a ton of inventory management. So, and as far as vendors so far in the camp, I don't know if this changes, like, as you get into, like, replaying old missions in hard mode and, you know, how these looty games go if there's more mm -hmm. options, but right now in the camp there's just one vendor that will sell you a random new artifact and the one that'll sell you a random new weapon. So it's pretty simplified, but it's just really fun. Like they've they've really kind of nailed the combat. Uh, like just use, using your weapons is very satisfying. There's lots of interesting enemies and bosses to fight. And it's the weapons are pretty cool. You they all have enchantments that you can uh, power them up with, uh, with some you know different effects like oh a chance to stun an enemy or some weapons that will like spawn have a chance to spawn a poison cloud stuff like that. It's just a lot of fun, and uh, I will probably be playing playing it a ton even with with like outside of just playing with the kids. I like it quite a lot. But first... What's that? You have to finish up episode of Yes, I need to finish that before <laughs> I finally get hit with some spoilers. Uh, so yeah, we'll be playing that. And obviously Xenoblade is out tomorrow, so I really need to move along those efforts. <laughs> And then you also have Persona 5 Royal waiting for you. Yes, and I've also been dabbling in some other things. Like, I've returned to my on-again, off-again Final Fantasy... Or, not Final Fantasy. Dragon Quest VII playthrough. Woohoo! Uh, where I am now Now in, in its fifth year. <laughs> where, where I am now in what I dub uh, Groundhog Day Village. Oh, yes. Not again. <laughs> yep. Clever pun that I didn't catch. <laughs> How? Yeah. I wasn't really paying attention to the name of the village. It, until you do it like the third time, it doesn't really strike you that, oh, God, not again. Oh, a what? <laughs> no, and I, I like how it's, it doesn't really immediately beat you over the head with what's happening. So, like, I went through, like, the little story bits and, you know, stay, stayed at the inn and wake up in the morning and, oh, this character almost falls down the stairs and you help him out. And they're all like, oh, how'd she heal so fast? So I'm like, oh, maybe she's got weird powers or something. And it took a bit to realize what was going on. <laughs> and so, well, looking forward to playing more of that. I really love my time with that game, and I will finish it someday. <laughs> it, it is made for lovely episodic playing like that, though. Yeah. You can definitely do that. Uh, but yeah, going you back gotta... to going back to that also got me playing more Dragon Quest XI, so I'm probably going to be jumping around between games for a while. Hello, eleven before Infinity Strash comes out. <laughs> there he is. Oh God! So we hey. started an hour earlier than normal today. Uh, no. Oh. Um. Yes, because normally we don't start till like one thirty my time. Is there some sort of, like, difference in when Daylight Savings happens for you? Daylight <laughs> Savings happen? No. 
No. I, we, it would have happened like a month ago for us. I don't know what time we usually start. <laughs> we normally <laughs> start usually usually late anyway. 11.30, almost midnight your time. Yes. So. 8.30 my time, 11.30 wheels time, which is when we started around. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm used to waiting and waiting and waiting and that's, it's almost 1.30 that, to 2 over here, and it's only 12.30 right now. That's fair. But okay. yeah, I was, wow. ju- it was, I was just using this opportunity to laugh about the title of Infinity Strash. Oh, but you didn't get the reference? Uh, I did not read Dino Daibokan, so no. Yeah, I'm figuring most people have no idea because I've had to mention this like ten, um, or I say ten times, at least twice on Twitter so far. Um, the the main character in the story, Dai, he has a mentor, the previous great hero of the world, who dies or appears to die fairly early on, and his signature attack is called the Abin Strash. And Dai adopts that and adapts that special sword move as his own. And so it's kind of a signature move for the entire series. What a weird name. <laughs> yeah, it's early early 90s manga. Um, yeah. And I would not be surprised to hear that they had taken it from something in German and just botched the spelling. Um, all things considered. It yeah, would not be the weirdest possible. thing spelled in that series either. But um, yeah... Fans of the series that I know all looked at the title and were like, I've been strash! And everyone else is like, what the hell did S- um, the Square Enix think of this time? And it turns out, no, it was a manga author nearly 30 years ago that did it that. Yeah. But yeah, the, the name does have a very specific meaning in the series. And it's not going to make any sense to anyone else. But fans are happy, I'm sure. Yeah. They're really, like, pushing this, like, Dino Die Book and Relaunch because they're doing three games and yep. an anime. Well, I mean, it would, I mean, the manga first run of the manga ended in like '97, and they have been through reprints two or three times in the last twenty years. Yeah, it's it's considered one of the classic series. Yeah, I'm just impressed at like how much that this is like. Well, it feels like it's almost. Well, Dragon Quest XII is at least four years off. Time to... <laughs> well, there is that. They've That's got nothing going in the, but it's like a nothing in the pipeline. It's probably a combination of that and Dragon Ball Super. Yeah, that worked out well for everyone involved. So. Just because the, the Dino Daibokan series feels like you took everything that was cool about Dragon Quest and everything that was cool about Dragon Ball and just smashed it together. That... Uh... The villain, the villain-looking dude that I see whenever I look at like the uh, covers that show up on like Google Image Search looks like a late-era Dragon Ball villain to the bone. So yeah, that makes sense. I mean, so do most Dragon Quest enemies. Um, yeah, in the armor. No, those usually but, look more like early-era Dragon Ball villains. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they take the the regular Dragon Quest teleportation and create a variation on it that lets people fly independently. Hmm. And it looks just like a bunch of Dragon Ball heroes flying around. Listen, we've made a slight change to Zoom. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, But yeah, it's a good series. Read it sometime. It's fun. I don't think it ever got officially translated, but eh, maybe that's a good excuse to try to... I've got a friend in Italy who has read the entire thing like twice in her language, so 
that may just be America dropping the ball somewhere. Yeah, it seems like the sort of thing that would have gotten translated in Europe, but not North America. The whole thing? Mm-hmm. Holy crap, that's a lot of Italian. Uh, let's yeah. See. That is it's like how many 30 volumes? Something. 37. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I have... Um, I, don't, I think somebody... It might, might have been my co-host on Slime Time that got it to me. I have like 20 episodes of the... Uh, anime that are subtitled in mm-hmm. English. I don't know if they were on YouTube for a while and somebody did it and I don't think they're there now, but I've got a folder somewhere on my computer with at least a good portion of you know, at least one run of it somewhere. Yeah, I'd be shocked if those are still up because that seems like the kind of thing that would have been at the very least over the last few months carefully purged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do have a few friends who are quite enthusiastic about this, and they're really hoping to find out what platforms it's going to be on soon. I, I'm going to be shocked if that's not like Switch, PS4, maybe PS5. Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> they're probably of course, well, negotiations or something. But of course everybody will want the mobile game anyway, right? That'll be the superior one. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that'll just be the money maker that helps fund the big one. Yeah, yeah. no, that'll, that'll make ungodly amounts of money, and I'll just be terrified of it. Or what about the arcade version, which we could all run out and go play? Oh, man, that probably sounded like a way better idea five months ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just seeing somewhere the other day that co- touching contact things is not as bad as once thought. Sweet. Listen, all I'm saying is a bunch of bunch of arcades apparently went out of business over the past few months. <laughs> <laughs> and sad to say that that was probably just hastening the end for a lot of them. Yeah, like that was just kind of the inevitable happening. Yeah. I remember the one that looks like uh, the. I was very sad to find out last year, like late last year, that the one that looks that was designed to look like Kowloon Walled City had shut down. We had one open a few blocks away from us, and uh, we went when it opened. I think the second day it opened in September. Haven't been back because half, not even half, I would say like 80% of it was emulation machines. And I was like, well, whoop de doo. At that point, why don't I just do this at home? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think I spent, my son had the most fun on some Street Fighter thing. And I was like, well, if you just want to do that, I'll buy like a collection for PS4. a nice collection that has basically all of them. Yep. I was like, I I could spend the $20 that we spent to go there and play. I could spend that. We could play at any time. So we haven't been back, was about to, and we'll see if it survives whenever they reopen. Yeah, there's a theater around here that I was uh, really enjoying their uh, particular selections as like an independent theater, and I hope they're still alive when this is all over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. The best arcade that existed when I was around where I was when I was growing up, was a place that they were well aware that arcades in the U.S. had died, and so they were they were importing, like, cheap Japanese machines of very strange providence. <laughs> and that's why... Those are probably kind of fun. 
Oh yeah, no, it was fun. It was uh, that's the reason that I've played a weird Fist of the North Star game that involves giant plastic gloves that you have to hit giant plastic targets with. Wow. Yay! Yeah, I, I've seen that one. Yeah, that one like that one like seems doable right around the right until the point where it asks you to do the Hyakuretsu can, and then it's like, oh no, I have not, I have not got the arm speed to make this work. <laughs> uh, have good times. Yeah, so Infinity Strash, Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, coming out probably sometime in 2021. It mm -hmm. appears to be a top-down action RPG. Yep. It will probably be on my eventual to-buy list. Yeah. So, I, unfortunately, I, I, my, my next actual to-buy game has been, again, extended to a later date. From mm. sale. Urgh. Oh, well. So I get to wait till September to see if they actually manage to fix um, Metal Bat Xeno. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps happening. It keeps getting delayed. Yep. Plenty more time to fix a lot on it, right? Oh, they do. Have well, I mean, a lot it looks like fix. they've already fixed quite a, I mean, they've overhauled a humongous amount of it. It might be the fastest turnaround time to game and the thing that could reasonably be called remake. <laughs> Well, I mean, let's count something that was released specifically to fix massive bugs before online bug fixes were a good thing. Yeah, true enough, true enough. So, in which case, uh, if you do count that, then I believe Gust has them beat. So. Uh, Gust, known for their QA. Not known <laughs> for good QA, but known for their QA. Uh, meanwhile, Wheels has to wait like another month for that fairy tale game. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you do, but only in uh, shouts of anguish. Um, no! <laughs> what? But yeah, so Infinity Strash is probably the only one any of us is going to put significant times into. But there's also Spirit <laughs> of Bonds for smartphones, which I could see Platy playing at least a little bit of. Uh. And... Cross I didn't even light. give Dragon Quest stars a week. <laughs> wow. Damn. Well, that's still more than I gave it, so... Well. <laughs> Did you play that Dragon Quest, like, Hearthstone clone? What? No. There was a card one? Yeah. <sighs> of course there was. Oh, are, is that Ooh. the Battle Road one? Uh, I forget what it's called. Where you could actually have the cards in the arcade and... Yeah, that Battle Road was the arcade one. Mm -hmm. There was a mobile one with the Switch version as well. I cannot remember the name of it. Oh, then no, I don't know that one. And there's uh, Dragon Quest Crossblade, which can't be any worse than Dragon Quest Swords, can it? Please don't tempt fate. God, what? That was, oh, that Dragon was not Quest Swords. <laughs> you know what's funny I just bought a Wii about I don't know about two weeks before spring break so right before the whole quarantine happened some lady up the road unloaded a Wii with a few games for 50 bucks I've actually I sold all the games and made $40 so I got a nice Wii for 10 bucks and <laughs> my son and I are playing through Fortune Street right now which was the uh, Dragon Quest Mario Monopoly game Oh, it's a Ducky um, Street. 
Yeah, Yazaki yes. Street. There's way more of those in Japan, and we keep not getting any more of them. Well, I'll tell you what. As, as we speak, <laughs> okay. yeah, as we speak, one of them is downloading to my Vita right now. I didn't even realize until about an hour ago that uh, the 30th anniversary edition came out on Vita. Dragon Quest so. and Final Fantasy. Yep. Now, back in the day, and this is like 2008, they had the uh, Mario Dragon Quest One on the DS. And back then, I downloaded the ROM, put it on you know, the little emulator chip that everybody had back then. I don't think it was the R4. It was or another the letter. The Lite? It was like, I think mine was the G6. I don't know. They had how many there were different a million ones? of them. They all did the same thing. Exactly. So I was able to put it on, and I actually rolled credits. I got through it enough. Somebody had posted like a how to play thing, and I read through it, and it was easy enough. You know, eight, ten hours, I could beat every board and unlock the characters and whatnot. So nowadays, with Google Translate, it'll be a little bit easier. And I was just playing Fortune Street today. So While you Luigi know what the basic rules are. Yes, I did. So, I mean, I've played through Fortune Street plenty, but yeah, that I actually bought the Wii again because um, really the only games I ever keep are my Dragon Quest games. Everything else I buy, sell, buy, sell, trade in all the time. Um, but yeah, I do want to play Swords with my kids. I think that might be a, a good laugh. As broken as it was. The glorious return of Heartbeat to the Dragon Quest franchise. <laughs> we'll for see how well that goes. For those not aware of the horrible chain of business deals that ended up causing uh, this heartbeat disbanded for ill-defined reasons and then reformed partially as genius sonority? What? <laughs> yeah. To well, it's their to fault make... we didn't get uh, Dragon Quest Four for the uh, PS1. Yeah, they just gave up halfway through. <laughs> that was an announced release. Oh, yes, it was. Uh, Wheels playing they Dragon Warrior that. 7 here. In the Dragon Warrior 7 PS1 book, the last page is an ad for coming soon. <laughs> Dragon Quest 4, Chapters of the Chosen. Mm. On your I PS1. I had that subtitle at the time. No, yeah. I didn't. You're right, yeah. It, was, I think it probably was still Dragon Warrior 4, too. Cause it was. I remember... Dragon Warrior that, 7. I remember once reading that all of the subtitles that these modern releases have were essentially drafted up at the time that Dragon Quest 8 was made. I don't <laughs> doubt it. Uh, Sounds about right. Except, of course, for the ones that uh, weren't released at the time, but still. Uh, so, yeah. like that's, They apparently decided that all of them had subtitles in English and all of them were going to have... Uh, and, what they were around that time. And I can Get only some think alliteration of alliteration going on. I can only think of one of them that seems to have changed at any point, which is that I recall when they first announced it for English release, Dragon Quest Six was being referred to as Realms of Reverie. Mm-hmm. And what that is kind it? of went away at some point. <laughs> and I want to say Europe got it that way. Hmm. I was going to say that sounds familiar. Because yeah. we got it as Realms of Re- Revelation. Revelation. Reverie works better. Reverie works better. I assume that they that they thought that Reverie was not a common enough word among the lexicon of the audience they were targeting, but... Hey, Realms of Revelation. 
um, R-E-V-E-I-L-L-E, the Bugle song for waking people up at um, boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest? Find... Okay. I was going to say, I want to see if I can find the box. and It is Realms of Revelry. Revelry in... Uh... Yeah, pal. Realms of Revelry would be a very different game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Dragon, Dragon Quest it, Rivals is the name of the card game, by the way. Oh, yes. What the... Sorry, okay. sorry. There, there's a buddy a buddy of mine on the den who's got like 500 hours into that game. It's kind of oh ridiculous. Yikes. It, it's... I, I don't know how he plays it cause that much, because I know he doesn't speak Japanese. Oh my god, it's probably a fourth of the amount of time I've put into Hearthstone. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, you don't get to complain that someone put in too much time in a card game. No. Else. Nope. But I'm just looking at like the credited developers on Swords again and it's like genius sonority and aiding. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Aiding's catalog, they're mostly fighting game and shooter development assistants. <laughs> I don't oh. Sword quite Game know on how Rails got That's... attached to that project. Beloved co-developers of Bloody Roar? That's beloved <laughs> by someone, right? I have to tell you what, I bought an in- I bought the Wii for the specific reason of buying that game. <laughs> I mean, you also admitted to playing a ton of an MMO in a language you don't speak, so... Ah, yes. My recent adventures into Dragon Quest X. <laughs> that, that's a... Uh... Yeah, talking about what we're playing, that I've put about 35 hours in the past two weeks into that. Um, on my Slime Time podcast, we had on uh, some girl back in, I want to say, October, November, that streams it and has got hundreds of hours on YouTube on it. And she just went on and on and on about how great it was and... You know, she barely knows any Japanese, but she's been going through. Or actually, I think she does know Japanese, but that's why she does the videos and talks through people playing. And uh, there's another Dragon Quest podcast out there, and the co-host of that one, Austin, is like brand new to the Dragon Quest series. He's like, when Dragon Quest Eleven came out, it became his all-time favorite game, and he decided. Um, 2019 to beat every single Dragon Quest game in the course of one calendar year. Oh, jeez. And oh, that uh, is so is much that time. All the side games? Uh, he didn't get to all the side games, though. No. He wanted to beat all the numbered ones, and he did that. Um, but then he dec- uh, he heard our episode, and seeing people post on Twitter and whatever, decided he'd go about playing it I guess about two months ago, and he started putting up real quick how-to guides step-by-step on the Switch because they're up to, like, version 5.2 of uh, the MMO now. And I want to say through, like, version 2.2 or 2.3 is completely free. Um, And about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, they dropped the VPN requirements for the United States because this was one they really did not want people playing. <laughs> they just outside. gave up on stopping people. Oh no, they still block Europe and everybody else, but somehow That's the United weird. States it is. The United States ban went down, and I think it huh. went down everywhere for about a week and then it came back up, but for everywhere 
but North America. Huh. So it's very weird that, yeah, like, they're like, okay, we don't want anybody playing for the past seven years. Eh, we'll relax it, but, oh, wait, no, we're still going to block Europe again. I'm wondering when they stopped updating the Wii version. Yeah. But uh, on the Switch, you can get on, and without even registering an account, you could just make it make a person and start playing. So I went on, I did that, and um, got a good 25 hours into it. And then last Wednesday, I encountered a uh, rare find my uh, weekly visit to Walmart. Uh, they had just stocked Nintendo Switches. Huh. And I was like, what, what the heck? And I said something to the lady. She's like, oh, yeah. She goes, these are the first five we've probably had since, like, February. And I was like, I'll take one of those, please. <laughs> um, figured I would upgrade from my old version because I never got the newer one with the better battery life. And let me tell you, Dragon Quest X was burning the battery. Um, being an online game and you know, I could get maybe about three hours worth of gaming time on, which was about the limit of me anyway. By the time it was telling me low battery, it was probably time for me to go to bed. But, you know being the opportunistic person I was and seeing a switch in the wild at 7.30 a.m., I was like, what the hell? Picked it up and uh, texted my brother-in-law, who's been waiting to buy one, and he ran over in his uh, pajamas and bought one. <laughs> you know, Walmart, whatever. It doesn't matter what the hell you look like there. You got a mask on anyway. You that's, know, nobody... where, that's where you've given up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he, he actually texted me, and he's like, oh, can you buy me one? And I was already like, 10 minutes past there and I was like uh I I still haven't Too told them that I, yep I was like um I said they have five and I mean our Walmart is dead till like 10 in the morning people around here have uh they don't go there at that time anymore but that ended up being a really weird uh trying to offload my old switch last year last week was a mess but at the same time I got scared because I moved everything over, started up Dragon Quest X on my new Switch. Even with my Nintendo profile being over there, it wouldn't work. Wouldn't get me my character back. Huh. And I was like, oh, crap, 25 hours is gone. Ended up putting it all back on my old Switch. Ended up beating the final boss of version 1. Um, luckily, the other guy, Austin, had found out how to fix this problem because I'd been messaging him for a couple days. And I created a Square Enix account. Um on the Switch, which let me save my character, and now I can play it on my uh, newer Switch just fine. The slightly lesser battery life. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, I, the game, I was not expecting to as, enjoy it as much as I did. It's, uh, I'm not a fan of MMOs, never really got into the whole MMO thing, and I will I will say Dragon Quest Eleven. I've, <laughs> I've done a uh, not play, not touched the second M in that letter at all. It's just been me and my hired guns, so you can just play it alone. Yep, and even that part is quite nice. Uh, when I I did a quest to be able to recruit other players, and normally you'd have to pay to get other party members, hire people. Uh, but I guess this game's so old and everybody's so high level now, it's like, oh, you're under level 80. I was walking up at, like, level 10. And the guy's like, oh, you're under level 80. You can just recruit people within 10 levels of you for free. That's fine. 
So I, I ended up beating the final boss of the first version, the original uh, final boss. At I, I was capped. I was at my max level of level fifty, and I had a party of like level fifty-seven through sixty people, and I kind of just sat in the back using the MP restoring items on them because these people. I, there are other people that were on there that put your their player up for rent, and they've got equipment that I can't even dream of, afford, whatever. <laughs> you know, they're, they're the advanced classes that aren't open to me because I didn't, I don't pay a subscription and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could go up and hit the boss for like sixty damage, or the guy next to me could use like some multi slash attack and hit for like five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you just. You just keep doing that. I got you. Oh, MP restoring item. MP restoring item. That's fine. <laughs> hey, you you played a part. I played my part. You know, you participated. It couldn't have been one. Yes, because God forbid I know where in the menu to uh, change these people's AI settings. So they were just, you know, they were doing whatever they were going to do. <laughs> just let them. My mate, my mage cast spells. Yep. My mage cast spells, the cleric healed people, the gladiator was just doubled. It, it looked like they had some falcon sword hitting six, eight times every time they attacked. So I was like, nope, you just, you guys do you. I'm here if you need me. So, uh, That's how Dragon Quest X works. <laughs> yep. And I will tell you, after putting about 30 hours into it, Dragon Quest X is... It fits perfectly in between Dragon Quest Nine and Eleven. Interesting. It is like, I mean, they could take all the assets from Dragon Quest Ten and remake Dragon Quest Nine for that. So what I you're mean, saying it, is they should do that. They should. I mean, Dragon Quest Nine is the only game they haven't remade. It's I mean, fine. they've already remade Eleven. <laughs> they did that yeah, one year after. <laughs> I mean. I guess enhanced it at least, not uh, remade it's it. It's a pretty but... heavy enhancement, though. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, Dragon Quest Nine sitting there is the only title game they really just put out there and never touched again. But honestly, like even the quest system, the job system is exactly from Dragon Quest Nine. <laughs> Go back to level one when you switch your jobs, which you know goes back to Dragon Quest Three even. But it's got the complete dress-up aspect of, like, Dragon Quest Nine. I just remember in Dragon Quest Nine, I ran around in a ridiculous pumpkin head for probably 15 hours, because one Didn't day it was... we all? <laughs> <laughs> because we it could? Kept... Yep. Well, it kept popping up on the... What is it? The Dragon Quest Virtual Console. It was like the uh, QVC, but it was the DQVC that you could log on to every day and get new items. And man, they were cheap, and those stupid pumpkin heads were the best helmet in the game for a ridiculous amount of time. But luckily, Dragon Quest X has the option like Dragon Quest XI, where you can equip, or at least the uh, Switch version, where you can equip one item, but your appearance can be that of something else. Oh, man. So, if you like the pumpkin head, you can equip something else but have a pumpkin head. And if you don't like the pumpkin head, you could equip the pumpkin head and look like something else. 
But uh, I, I'm not too sure if I'm going to continue on through the version 2 content. There was uh, I mean, that would be a good time to set it down and come back to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I beat the version 1. I beat the final boss of the first one. So I'm like, okay, I... I, I don't need to keep doing side quests that don't really do much. I mean, I'm I'm not going to pay $50 to import um, the whole version 1 through 5 thing, and I'm not going to pay a $10 monthly subscription for a game that I can't understand anyway. <laughs> the language. So, but uh, at least now I can, like, check that box and be like, okay, so I've played Dragon Quest Ten. I know what it is. You know, I'm not going to play through version 5 anyway, but I, I played version 1, I had a good time with it. You can say a lot more than most English speakers can. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And actually, what's pretty funny about this is I kind of I, I kind of did it, one, because I, and that fellow podcaster was doing it, but two, my co-host on Slime Time has been dying to play this game for years. Uh, he bought the original one that came out on the Wii ages ago. He still got it sealed from Japan. Uh, he... he <laughs> <laughs> he married a Japanese woman and has, he, when his first son was born, uh, they went back to Japan and he lived there with her for about eight months. Um, her son was born pretty early, so they were in the hospital for a month or two. Uh, so he lived and worked remotely in Japan for, I want to say, six to eight months. Um, had to visa hop a little bit. But when he was living there, he decided, oh, you know, maybe I'll start playing now. And he got, like, the PlayStation 4 version 1 through 4 all in one thing. And then realized, you know, working remotely on New York time while living in Japan, plus having a baby in the house, that didn't work out. So, nope, he didn't play that. Then a couple weeks ago, he um, paid to import, which I find funny, it's just the box. <laughs> from Play Asia, the, yeah, the Switch uh, version 1.5. You know, he's importing the box, which has the download code in it for Switch. But I haven't told him that I played the game for the past two weeks. We've even recorded a couple episodes, and I have completely kept my mouth shut about it. Um, I've got a couple feelers out. I'm going to record with um, one or two people. Uh, from this website, the Dragon's Den, that we're all on. I'm going to record an episode, and his second baby is due mid to late June. So I will record an episode without him in secret, get it all edited, and the day his baby's born and we find out everything's okay and everything, totally drop it on him like, hey, you should go check out our uh, podcast page. (laughs) (laughs) Mean. Mean. (laughs) So, uh... Yes, he, he is dying to play this game. I mean, he's even got his wife who'll do some light translating for him over his shoulder if he need be. Um, and, you know, it, it, actually it was quite sad. I was supposed to record this podcast uh, earlier today with uh, one of the other Dragon Quest podcasters, but he sadly had a death in the family um, uh. and messaged me this morning like, I, I can't do it. I was like, oh my God, that's this is completely the last thing on your list, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm just recording this as a joke. We do not need to <laughs> a a happy birthday joke. Let's let's not do this under these circumstances. Perhaps. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll find somebody else, or just record a little message, or just drop about eighty screenshots on them. <laughs> <laughs> when I, when I get that text, like, "Hey, my daughter's born," just like 
literally yeah. reply with 80 screenshots. <laughs> <sighs> While you were in the hospital, look what I did. <laughs> now who's been more productive? <laughs> <laughs> For a given definition of the word, yes. <laughs> so, uh... Well, it, it was a fun. Uh, it was a fun time. Yeah. More fun than selling my Switch used on a uh, Facebook Marketplace. Ooh, that sounds like a way to get stabbed. I, well, I almost got shot. Oh, <laughs> related or? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely related. Um, so I listed it. I put it up there, and I'm like, listen, I'm not gonna price gouge people like crazy, but you know, I, I spent three hundred and twenty-one dollars with tax on my new one. And this one's in perfectly good condition. People are selling these things four hundred, five hundred dollars, um, all over the place right now since they're not in stock. So I listed mine for three fifty. Figured if so- someone owed me, if someone offered me three twenty, whatever. That's what I just spent on my new one. Who am I to turn down a brand new switch for free? Basically, at that point, just mm-hmm. switches. So I listed it and. I think I've typed this on the Discord for uh, the RP Gamer staff, but like this one hot mom like strung me along all day. She messaged me and she's like, "Hey, I can't come pick it up right now, but I can in about seven hours. I work for Universal Studios. We're just like Universal Studios is about to open in two weeks again." She goes, "I'm stuck in meetings here all day, but I live right down the street from you. I'll come pick it up, whatever, at the at the grocery store." So I was like, "Okay, that's fine." I marked the sale as pending, so I didn't get like 10,000 messages all day. And uh, come 7 o'clock in the evening, she's like, yeah, she goes, I'm not getting out of work anytime soon. Sorry, probably can't buy it, whatever. And I'm like, well, that's someone who changed their mind anyway, so no big deal. So I turned the listing back on, and within, you know, 10 minutes, I've got three different people. Oh, I'll come buy it. I'll come buy it. (laughs) Well... This one lady's like, oh, I really want it for my son. You know, we've been sitting at home a lot. I'm like, okay. And she like really low. She offered me like two fifty for it. I didn't even respond. I was like, no, no. So she did come back later, and she's like, would you do three hundred? I'm like, would you do three twenty five? We'll meet in the middle. And she was like, sure. So at this point, it's like eight o'clock at night. It's a little bit rainy out. Um, my wife and son and I are sitting down to play a ticket to ride. And she's like, oh, could you meet meet now? And I was like, okay. Well, she's typing like somebody who would normally text. Like, it's all shorthand. Mm-hmm. It's all whatever. She And at one point, she's like, my fiancé and I will be with the kids in a blue box car. Hmm. Like, hmm. And I'm like, what? And she didn't really know which grocery store I was talking about, yet she's in the area. I'm like, okay, so I agreed to meet her at another one that she mentioned that was farther up um, over by the local high school, and I was like, yeah, no problem. And then she's like, well, my cell phone won't have service there because we're using Facebook Messenger. She's like, I won't have, I don't have a data plan, so that won't work. And I'm like, well, I'll be standing in front of the ATM right outside the grocery store. Like, you can't miss me. She's like, okay. Um, and then, like, as we're getting in the car to go over there at 8 o'clock in the rain, dark out, and I get, she's like, hey, if you see a gun, don't worry. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> huh. um, and, and I'm like, the car's running, and I'm like, uh, and I even texted her back, I was like, uh, dot, dot, dot. She's like, oh, no, I'm a police officer. She goes, don't worry, I'll just leave it in the car. 
Shouldn't have brought that up. Didn't you... Don't worry about it. <laughs> so many comforting <laughs> notions all at once. Yeah, and I'm looking at her Facebook profile page, which is like pretty much locked down, as most smart people do. And But like she's got a guy and kids and whatever, and I'm like, oh, okay. But And at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, Okay, so you're a police officer in the area and you didn't know, like, the grocery store two miles from the grocery store you wanted to meet at? Like, I'm a little confused here. So we went and I stood outside in front of the uh, ATM for about 20 minutes. I did see a blue car pull up. Two people run into a T-Mobile store, you know, one or two doors down. And then kind of walk out, look around. I waved at them. They saw me. And they got in the car and drove off. So after like 25 minutes, my wife's sitting in the car, you know, 10 feet away with her cell phone out, ready to record the whole thing if I get shot. And uh, <laughs> yeah. in the United States, I have yeah. no, to, to have the other angle from the camera that's right on the front of the ATM, which is why I was standing in front of the ATM. And uh, we get in the car and leave. And I message the lady and I'm like, when we get home, I message the lady. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry you didn't make it. Don't know what happened. Whatever. And she messaged me about being there and running into a store to use their Wi-Fi, but never seeing me. And I'm like, okay, that had to be the couple. First of all, I don't know what the hell blue boxcar meant, but that obviously was some sort of typo or <laughs> it was the name of the small Nissan they had. But uh, that didn't work out. So the next, so I relisted the item, just blocked that lady. I was like, no, forget you. Um, so some young 20-something-year-old guy said he'd meet me the next day at um, Target. I was like, let's meet at Target, at the Starbucks inside Target. I'm going to do this mm, inside, around Starbucks. other people. <laughs> Sorry, continue. So, of course, you know, I'm there in my mask and wearing a hat and a mask, feeling very bandit-like, stand, standing with a big you know, an unmarked package inside the Starbucks in Target. I did buy a coffee because the people kept staring at me after a while. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, luckily the kid comes in. I had, because I, I had the original box for the Switch and all the pieces and everything, and he turned it on, played with it, turned it around, looked at the screen, and, yeah, handed me my $350 cash and walked out. And some okay. kids, they're like, Drinking her coffee too. She's like, "Well, that was easy, wasn't it?" I was like, "Oh yes, it was." Eventually, <laughs> eventually, eventually, yes. Like, and th this was despite like I must have got ten messages or comments on my Facebook listing. Why the hell are you selling this for three hundred fifty dollars? That sells new for three hundred. That's a ripoff. Blah blah blah. Can you find one new? Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't respond. To any yep, I didn't <laughs> respond to anybody. I was like, "Nope, I'm not not engaging." Because in our area, there are at least three listings for brand new ones that are at five hundred dollars. So, you know, jeez. Of course, Listen, all I'm gonna say is that <laughs> all I'm gonna say is that that story sounded like a story that ends with the punchline either "and that's why I'm under arrest" or "and that's why I have the coronavirus now." <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I need to wait another uh, ten days to be in the clear. So. Yeah, Godspeed. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, that, uh, that was quite the ordeal. I'm like, screw it, man. This is why I should just keep selling everything on eBay. It's true. Just pleasant, semi-anonymous eBay. Yeah. I sold my copy of Mary Skelter 2 there for $120 last week. Wait, I'm sorry. How much is that worth? 
Well, I paid forty for it. Like the and uh, the Switch version or the Vita version? The Switch version. I uh, picked up the limited run games. Yes. Hold on, I have to go yeah. set up an eBay listing. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh. Well, once I heard that Mary Skelter 3 in Japan is going to have 1 and 2 as part of it. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I for saw that, and else. the first thing I thought is, okay, I have the unopened Switch version sitting in my drawer. Now's that I probably the time to sell this before it loses value. Exactly. I'm like, I'm not going to get around to playing this thing for another year or two, if ever, you know. I bought it because I thought I'd probably play it one day, and... But, I may yeah, sell I'll do that, but... <laughs> what the hell? It'll go on sale on the Switch for $20 at some point. Yeah. I'll buy it digitally. But no, do you have the physical copy too? Yep. I yep. I love me some first-person dungeon callers. I just am very bad at actually finishing them, but I dabble them in a lot, so I... Whatever it is, I'll, I'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bought the, uh, was it Morio Chronicles? Yeah, I didn't buy that one. No. That one went sale the same day, and I think it sold for 30 I just sold that the other day for 60 Nice. Yes, Again, it, it, if, it, if, I had a, if I had a copy of that thing, I may also go and list that now. <laughs> because, yeah, I was like, you know, these are things that I probably won't get around to for a while. I've not opened them, and holy crap, if I could get that kind of money for it, Godspeed. I'll yeah, pick seriously, up. that's that's a lot. <laughs> it, yeah, I could not believe that I saw that. And, yeah, then once I saw that Mary Skelter 3 was going to have all of them, I'm like, you know what, there'll probably be some limited run games or Asian version with English that I could pick up another day. Yeah, well, the crazy thing about that is I bought, like, the Vita version of that game like brand new direct from their store like uh, over a year like the limited edition of it over a year after it came out so i don't know why people are going crazy for the switch version i guess just because it's limited run i uh, i guess i mean i i we're on more popular platform i don't know <laughs> i picked that game up on the psn for five dollars ages ago Actually, that's what happened. Uh, that's how I got the whole backtrack going on. Wheels, I think you were on that last year when we did the backtrack episode of Idea Factory. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. I, I was on a backtrack about a year and a half ago, and I mentioned it, and Phil, like, right there and then, bought it and gifted it to Mike, which led to Mike playing it on the Vita and writing his lovely review <laughs> site. <laughs> <sighs> and... I think because we talked so much shit about it for all of last spring, that's some listener wrote to Phil and was like, oh man, you guys got to do a whole episode or there's good games out there. And that, that, that led into last June's episode on various games of dubious quality and some sparkling, probably not diamonds, but (laughs) for a couple of years. For a company I make fun of a lot, I seem to own a lot of their product. Yeah, I don't know why you do that. I don't know. It's, it's... Well, if you're not going to need to finish the games, they're all interesting at least to start for a while. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely done that enough. <laughs> let's see. 
I'm going to briefly ramble about what I've been playing, and then we actually suddenly have questions, thanks to Budai, uh... What? ...having much to say in the chat. He's... Oh, yep. He's alive! You're it's alive, you. Budai! It's good to hear from you again, Budai. The wheels, wheels. Yes. I just wanted to see first... I actually did finally beat the final boss in Saga 2 again. Nice. Nice. Yes, and... I will probably be playing this game again next year, but I'd like to decide in advance which sort of team I will be fielding. So All monsters all the time. I was going to wait a few iterations for all monsters just because it works better on the third or fourth New Game Plus, mm. the way the, the, te- um, the combination system works. But, I mean, it's like, okay, all human, all esper, all robot, or just complete luck of the draw again. All robots all the time. All robots, okay. Let's have fun with that. It's at least a very deterministic party. Yeah. <laughs> De- Determinators. Yeah. Oh, that's a good name for them. Yes. Oh. There you go. That that works. But yeah. uh, thankfully, I still have my lovely guidebook, which includes all of the information as to which weapons give the most hit points. So that's for important. It. Yes. It's like having game FAQs in your hand. Yes, amazing. Finally, who would have thought? (laughs) (laughs) Took forever to get that to happen. uh, As as for me, I plowed through Wild Arms 1. That was a weird game to replay. (laughs) I don't, like... I, I realized as I was playing through it that it was perfect it was easier to remember why people were fatigued by silent protagonists at that time because there is a lot of plot that is built on the interior mindset of protagonist rudy rough Knight that <laughs> is not communicated very well because he doesn't talk <laughs> they let him talk twice and once it's for a joke and they never let him talk about like the fact that he's supposed to be a character that is at least like feels uh, an out has felt like an outcast essentially his entire life, and but for some reason, but like you know, is supposed to be the like representation of continuing to you know uh, continuing hope and determination, but for some reason they don't let him talk, so that it feels really weird every time another character has to come in and say, oh, like, this character is very, like, oh, Rudy's such a kind character, or there's a bit early on where, like, not early on, but in the middle of the game where, like, one of the character, one of the secondary characters is uh, talking about him, and one of your party members is like, oh, yeah, he sa- he says that you're, you know, you're very kind underneath all this, like, nonsense about your personality, and it's just like, why didn't? Why can't he say that? Why did you have to relate that as like a secondary story? <laughs> it's just like you didn't write a story that fit what you were, that fit the choices you had made. Why did you do that? It's just a very perplexing set of decisions. And so. amazingly, one that actually makes the second and third games of the series seem much better in comparison. Yeah, no, like those games. Those games never shut up, and I like. Yeah. I'm very thankful for it at this point. <laughs> you know exactly what Ashley, Brad, and Lilka are thinking throughout Wild Arms Two. Yep. But, yeah, like it's it's a game that was 
like I still have a lot of nostalgia for, but it's like frustrating to play because it's like there is so much about this that could be fixed by just redo like this the remake for this should be so much better than it is. <laughs> but I dabbled a bit in that remake, which emulates fine now for what that's worth. But has it aged uh, better than I remember? It's not as bad as I recall. Like, I remember playing it a bit when I first picked it up and out of a used bin and viscerally disliking it. Yeah, that's my exact, my exact experience. <laughs> and playing, playing the first section of again, I couldn't tell you why. Because, like, it doesn't fix everything that it could, but it does... Like, just the fact that Saruti still doesn't talk, but he can emote now because there's more... Because they do things with the models now. And that does at least bring across, like... There's a nice section uh, early on where, like, you know, the start of the prologue is, you know, you go into the cave uh, to rescue the child that's gone in there to get healing item for sick dad the fairly typical thing uh and of course that unleashes a monster monster tries to fight you the thing is when the uh when the monster comes in like rudy sort of like hugs him closer to him just as like which is like a nice gesture of both protection and kindness which like kind of sells it better than like what the sprites can do in the original and it's like oh that's that's good that kind of helps communicate aspects of his personality that he doesn't feel like he has one in the original. It's possible to make... And, of course, there's also just a lot of options where, like, you get to select what your character is saying, which, again, gives him more of a personality, which kind of fixes that. It doesn't completely, but it kind of does. There's there's some other things that are nice, like uh, your mage, Cecilia, her... Uh, her tools, like every character in the Wild Arms games up through three, have tools that they can use to like affect things in the dungeon. Her tools in the first, in the original version, are kind of trash. Uh, she gets one that is essentially that has no puzzle use at all. It's just a key that opens certain things. That's been turned into a key item, which just makes a lot more sense. Uh, so she gets like wands that are more like uh, how Lilka's tools interact in Wild Arms 2, which makes her feel like a more useful character. Uh, it's more easy to tell the difference between what Jack and Rudy are supposed to be bringing to each battle, mm-hmm. which I kind of appreciate. Like In the original, they both use swords, but they can't use the same swords. I don't quite know why, <laughs> <laughs> having finished it. Uh, in this version, they changed it so that Rudy's system works on the Wild Arms 3 system, where he has a gun, where his primary weapon is his arm, uh, which in Wild Arms 1 stands for Ancient Relic Machine. Uh, Didn't they change the acronym for every game, anyway? Yeah, in every game it means something different. In 1, it means Ancient Relic Machine. Uh, But uh, he uses his arm for combat... And that is an ungodly-looking gun, by the way. It's like this weird... Like, it has a giant rifle stock, but it has it's the size of a sawed-off shotgun. It's very strange-looking. But <laughs> his, his, he works on the same rule set as Wild Arms 3, where uh, he will eventually run himself out of ammo. 
and has to defend in order to re uh, to reload. Which, uh, makes him feel a little different. They turned Jack into like this EI Jutsu kind of guy. It's very strange. I think that's the term for what that kind of uh, what EI do. EI do, yeah. With draw swords. Yeah. Hmm. Which kind of fits the sort of cowboy aesthetic is like it's the samurai version of a quick draw cowboy. <laughs> it pretty much is. Huh. So that that kind of fits the aesthetic. Like that's that's the other thing that's interesting about playing Wild Arms is the Wild Arms one especially is that like people remember it as like oh it's the Wild West RPG and it's like oh there's a little bit of that in there not a lot but a little bit. There's just everything in there. There's uh, ancient robot golems there's like sci-fi space nonsense there's one of the protagonists is a princess that automatically disqualifies you from being the wild west (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that's that's been interesting to replay uh it's it's a game that i think that alter code f is in still many ways a missed opportunity but i don't think it's as bad as i recalled it being But yeah, and then I and then I just jumped back into Wild Arms too because I could, I have, I can and have replayed that many times and will many times more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's happening. Uh, as I was replaying the opening, I loved re-seeing the bit uh, early on. Uh, that uh, that like you get to the the section right after the prologues where uh, Ashley gets formally inducted into arms they do uh, the entire uh, try to pull the sword uh, ceremony I love the stupid fake out there where it like cuts out as he's trying to pull it like there's a big dramatic camera zoom and then of course it just like it cuts to like them talking about it later, and it's like, of course, no one managed to pull it out. Mm. But uh, the bit that I noticed there that I hadn't before, uh, that I didn't remember, I'm sure I must have noticed it on one of my prior playthroughs, was the uh, so everyone in at that ceremony gets turned into a horrendous uh, monster, mm-hmm. and there's a like Ashley does not totally realize what has happened until he like looks in a mirror but if you look there are a couple of mirrors in that hallway and if you look at uh one further down the hallway you'll see that it's broken which implies that someone else uh was cognizant of what they had what had happened and like was so distraught by it they broke the mirror mm-hmm. which you know just kind of a fun detail game doesn't really I, call attention to it it's been 20 years by Still remember that in that particular section, whenever you won a battle, um, what what's his face? The main character would just be like have his claws on his face and like yeah, he just covers his face in anguish. Yes, like this is not a thing to be happy about. He is just (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's it's great. Uh, So yeah, I've just I've just barely started up on that, but I'll do that. And I also remember that the game credits. Uh, when it opens, in addition to traditional Wild Arms developer MediaVision, it credits a company that I don't know much about called Contrail, which appears to be some sort of like production assistance company that Sony put together at some stage. 
and then this like it was existed for three years and worked and offered production assistance on like five ten different games uh, and then was promptly formally disbanded but I just realized that I recognize that name because I have played a number of games that they did production assistance on uh, they were production assistants on Legend of Ligaia, a largely forgotten PS1 RPG. I remember uh, it. Yeah, for, I remember the, it. <laughs> for the Gaijins uh, in the audience, they apparently offered production assistance on the PS1 version of Linda Cube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the non, for the uh, people who remember. Uh, obscure Vita only sequels to more to obscure in English Vita only sequels to cult classic Japanese RPGs. They were uh, production assistants on the first Odeshika game. Uh, they apparently did production assistance on the absolutely dreadful Alundra 2. And their last project seems to have been production assistance on the first installment in the very charming, never-released-outside-of-Japan My Summer Vacation game. So That sounds familiar, but I don't think I ever played it. Didn't play any Boku no Natsuyasume? Nope. Yeah. I've met people who are obsessed with them. They're interesting. But... I also like the developer's, uh, the development company's name. It's uh, Millennium Kitchen. <laughs> they have. Yep. This is one of those groups, yes. But yeah, they have made like six or so total games uh, Boku no Natiyasumi 1, 2, 3, 4, uh, Boku no Kazoku, which seems like it. Like, my Japanese is not great, but I assume that's just like. My family. Yeah, my family. Or our family, I guess, spoke it up. But... Yeah. Uh, which I assume was a spin-off, but even I, I've never heard of this. Uh, Boku no Natsuyasumi 3 and 4, and then their seemingly last released game, which is not strictly a Boku no Natsuyasumi game, but kind of is, was a 3DS game called Attack of the Friday Monsters. <laughs> Which okay. actually did come out in English. That was its English title. Uh, title. Its Japanese name was Kaiju Gaderu Kinyobi, which fairly similar. Yeah, but Friday when the monsters come. Yeah. Mass. Uh, but yeah, and the the idea I think of that one. I've got it sitting on my 3DS. I've never played it all the way through. Was that you were a child who was just sort of living their life, but they were in like a 70s tokusatsu show where like every Friday there's another monster that's going to happen. And like you weren't you weren't part of the tokusatsu team. You just sort of observed that affecting your daily life. So that's neat conceptually. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to say that this group, that the people who made that had to have been con connected to Love Adelic at some point. I mean, that, there's no other... It feels like something that must have crossed paths at some stage. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, um, Wheels, did you enjoy the picture on Twitter? Yes. 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 It's quite dandy. Yeah. Yes. So I, ha I have encountered the first final boss of that game, and I have not been able to get back to him yet. <laughs> Just because all of his bodyguards in that level 
have a like a ninety percent miss rate, but when they do hit you, you die. <laughs> so need to work on this. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is quite dandy, and I know that there's more of the game because I only have twenty six out of hundred sixty different costumes collected. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I've got at least a dozen more that I could probably get if I manage to ace a couple more levels and collect some more uh, four leaf clovers for trade ins. But it, it takes a while. Yeah. But yes, I still recommend the game because it is still ridiculous. Well, I am. I've heard you talk about it for a couple weeks. I'm clicking download demo right now. The demo is very fun. It's the first level. My demo is on my way. Yeah. Please check back later for status. But yeah, so yeah, the final level is okay. So the villain of the entire game is. Both an evil dark lord in the game and also the CEO of your former employer, who is very much an evil dark lord in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and the final level is called the Dark Lord's Tower, but it opens up. I mean, it is it is a Japanese office building. Very much a Japanese office building. Most of the most of the the. Uh, uh, I mean, most of the levels have little things that you have to destroy to get through at times. In this one, it that includes desks, receptionists, potted plants, statues of the CEO, and the occasional computer programmer slumped at his desk going, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yes. And for some reason, the theme, the music theme for this level is London Bridge is Falling Down. Making that oh my only, the second, only the second or third game I've ever seen that actually used that song as a major theme. <laughs> oh, wait. So, looking at the Switch page here, it says there's over 130 tracks? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, first of all, he managed Ooh. to get all, in all of his buddies from the Love of the Delic days for the music. Um, so, he managed mm -hmm. to uh, revive the band, the Thelonious Monkeys. Good. Um, they are they're publishing a Greatest Hits and a Moon, um, Moon RPG Remix Adventure soundtrack sometime in the next few months. And he also managed to get a hold of Nobuo Uematsu and convinced him to appear at some point in the game. Um, I mean, musically, at least musically, possibly as a sprite character, <laughs> for all that I know. I haven't gotten that far. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the guy who made this has a ton of connections in the industry, and he is having a field day with it. <laughs> <laughs> having a dandy, dandy good time, one might say. Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting to hear back from their Twitter to find out if this guy, if the lead programmer or lead developer, actually voiced the Yamada Kun. Because it would be Seems so much like character if he was Yamada Kun. They so. seem to indicate that there should be a big update coming this spring to this game, Dandy Dungeon 2. Yeah. <laughs> Dandy Dungeon 2, The Phantom Bride. <laughs> A lot going on there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Considering it's the just... yeah, you know, considering the main point of the of the game is that this guy decides to follow his dreams of programming his very own computer game in his apartment while sitting in his underwear, <laughs> and somehow somehow using 
the weird meta narrative of the game within the game to eventually win the love of his cute next door neighbor. <laughs> well, I, I I hate to spoil this for you, but I don't think that's going to happen in the first game. But from what I hear here, it says uh, uh, the update will see Dandy Dungeon Two: The Phantom Bride added to the base game, completing our brave hero's tale at last. Well, this would explain the second half of the achievements on the achievement list. Um, I can say right now that I'm attempting to rescue the uh, the girl next door from the <laughs> final boss in the final dungeon. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Because again, this game is not quite sure where the limit, where the boundaries are between narrative and meta-narrative. And as far as, and again, as far as it's concerned, the fourth wall is see-through. So... <laughs> All right. Well, I keep hearing that the uh, you should be able to wish list stuff on the computer, right? From yes. No, it is definitely not able to. So I'm doing that in my Switch right now. Mm. We're gonna put that on there. That sounds like something. Uh, the very first sale I see, I will be getting it. <laughs> oh, it is. It is worth it for two thousand yen. Yeah. See. That's where some of my uh, Mary Skelter 2 money will go towards. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah. Um, so for other fun costumes I have, I have the Godzilla costume. <laughs> One letter different to avoid copyright infringement. But it's... Yeah, rubber suit Yamada-kun, in this case, and it's uh, it's the, one of the slowest suits around. But you will eventually you'll just lumber your way through the level and shoot fireballs at things, <laughs> stuff uh, like that. Yeah, that fits Godzilla to a T, I guess. Yes, and there are at least two BDSM outfits involved. In this. Yes, you do. Yes. And multiple historical items, and dress up as an asparagus man. Wait, what? <laughs> We've all been there. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's just a lovely little bit of absurdism here. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to. We'll try to hit some of these uh, questions since Budai was kind enough to screenshot them, so that I would not lose them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, let's do that before we get completely off track again. Yeah. Uh, one of them, have you ever stayed up until 12 or whenever your time is to uh, play an unlocked game for, I presume, for download? Uh, I've I've stayed up to stupid times past 12 to do that. It used to be that... Uh, oh, good. I was going to say, I did that for the last couple Harry Potter books, but uh, not for video games. So. It it used to be that uh, back this was like in two thousand seven I guess uh, Microsoft would update Xbox Live Arcade at like three a.m. Pacific. Oh jeez! And I was okay, so I was uh, in the situation where 
I had wanted to play Castlevania Symphony of the Night for years. It had never at that time been re-released. And it was finally going to be re-released on Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, I did not have anything going on that next day, so I stayed up till 3 a.m. to download that game. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. Castlevania Symphony of the Night's amazing. But... Uh, so yeah, that's that's probably the stupidest choice I've ever made. I've occasionally gotten games at midnight releases. Uh, me and a friend, when Resident Evil 5 came out, uh, both got it at midnight and proceeded to attempt to play as much of it as possible without actually going to bed. <laughs> and that oh, meant God. that we got... We reached the point where we were playing at about 8 a.m., we were oh both my completely gosh. incapable of shooting straight at that point. <laughs> and we're dying repeatedly to late game enemies and getting very pissed off at each other. Uh, so we both like agreed that we had to go to sleep or we would not actually be able to complete the game. <laughs> we both went to sleep for like three, four hours and then both went off and finished. And both like finished it together. So that was also an unhealthy day, but I had nothing going on that day. So, <laughs> and that's why I have a lot of very fond memories of RE5, even though I don't think it's actually very good. <laughs> we finished it, didn't we? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fine game. It's not an amazing game. The problem is that it's also a follow-on from Resident Evil 4, which is yeah. one of the best games ever made. It's a tough act to follow. <laughs> But yeah, at the very least, it's a good co-op game. But yeah, so those are those are my like stupidest like sleep decisions I've ever made with regards to of games release. Yeah, I can't I've, be uh, alone in this. Please, someone else have a story. I don't know uh, if I honest. stayed up that late. <laughs> um, it doesn't. Have I stayed to up to like four a.m. to beat uh, Alliance Alive a couple years ago. Oh hey, I that was a. I appreciate that. That was pretty. Yep, I mean, I think around 11 o'clock at night, I was like, oh, you know, I'm close to the end game. I apparently wasn't, because uh, five hours later, wide awake at 4 a.m. Where where, where did you get that you thought was the end game? (laughs) Curious. (laughs) I don't even know now. Oh, man. (laughs) Maybe it was entering that last area. I know I lost to the final boss twice, so that, you know, added some time. Yeah. And I think I did need to grind a little bit. Because um, you're trapped in that area for till the end. It's one of those situations where it's like, well, I can't stop now. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, every hour was just like, well, I'm close, well, I'm close, well, I'm close. I've already done. I've already gone so far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pause buttons for. I did stay up to try to play Grandia last year, not realizing that Nintendo's not exactly right yeah, there. Yeah, they usually with... put it up at like noon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird. So by 1 a.m. I was like, well, this ain't happening, so forget that. Um, but no, that video game-wise, no. I, I did wake up at 4 a.m. to watch the Dragon Quest Your Story movie on Netflix. <laughs> back in, uh, Jason. Yeah, ba- back in January or February. Would I'm you call that work time well game. spent? <laughs> it was time well spent. Up to I the did last start- 15 minutes. Well, you know what's funny is I kind of drifted off a little bit right around that point because <laughs> <Perfect. laughs> there <laughs> I am the sitting. Experience. Yep, ha- having you know 
here we are an hour and 15 minutes into me waking up at 4 a.m. And I'm sitting in a dark room watching on a small iPad screen and just kind of, uh. Um, so later that day, watching it with my kids, I definitely got more of it. I did wake up in time to realize the ending was, what the fuck going on here? <laughs> in time to be confused by it. <laughs> but at the time, I at the time I was like, how the hell did we get to this? Like, <laughs> I don't feel I guess... like context probably helped that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I mean, it, it does make a few things have a little more sense, like part of the dream sequence when he was realizing who the true love was supposed to be. Correct. Like yeah. It, so yeah, wa- watching it again that night with my kids, I was like, oh, okay, I see yeah. where we got here. Yep. I mean, th- there were, in hindsight, a couple clues that they weren't just having fun with the video game theming on this movie. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That doesn't mean it was a good idea. <laughs> no, not really. No, but it was certainly a surprise. It's true. You didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah. Well, waiting eight months since uh, Gaijin mentioned it, you know, I, I did expect it, but... <laughs> hey, I, I was very careful not to mention what the heck happened at the end of that movie. I just said it was weird. No, you, you were you were very good, which, of course, led me to Google, and I needed to know immediately, you know, <laughs> within the next day, what the hell is going yeah. on here. So, I spoiled that for uh, myself, I, but it was all right. Yeah. Uh, I feel I, like I, I was more accepting. I made the attempt to have a spoiler-free review. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a friend over that um, was working in Korea at the time that was actually visiting Japan the weekend that that came out. So he saw it too, and we had him on our podcast talking about it. So when we were stopping the recording, I was like, okay, just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, th- I think I've read it all in various Google translated Japanese pages, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just weird. Yeah. So, other than that, no, I never really stayed up to play at something new. I can't believe I'm alone. You're not. <laughs> I've done a uh, number of midnight I mean, releases. I, I did pull late nighters in college with games I had rented or things, but again, that was 20 years ago. And the yeah. question was specifically for waiting up late to download stuff, and I usually don't do that. Fair, I usually fair. just buy it at the store the first day. Mm hmm. So. Yeah, if we if we include like rentals, my stories get weirder too, because <laughs> it just becomes like, but, no, this is me against the clock. <laughs> but but again again, I'm over here in Japan, and I mean when I when Dragon Quest Nine came out, I was able to pre-order that through my um, through the convenience store next to the kindergarten where I was working, and I picked it up before my Saturday classes started that on the release day. Thanks, Seven Eleven. Family Mart, but yeah. Family Mart should have known. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I was able to show off to my elementary school students that day. <laughs> Check it out, new Dragon Quest. Yeah. Oh, when Dragon Quest Eight came out, I remember skipping out on lunch to run over to GameStop, get the game and the guide, and I literally sat in the closet of my classroom just flipping through that guide for about 45 minutes during my afternoon planning time. <laughs> Dragon Quest VIII's guide is not very good. <laughs> it was pretty though. It's very pretty. Got a lot of good artwork. As, in it, terms it of like a... helping you get through the game, it's not very good. No, it's a spoiler-free guide, and it, it builds if itself. I'm buying the asset. damn guide, <laughs> if I'm 
buying the guide, damn it. Spoil stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, it builds itself as an atlas, and it's like, that's not... It is. <laughs> not useful. <laughs> like, no, it's not but... bad. Like, there are places where you would need that, but I mean, like, you mm-hmm. need more than that. I, but, I will say, it was more than worth it just to have all those alchemy recipes. The alchemy recipes, when people hadn't worked them out in English, were like, oh, needle in a haystack. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't know where you'd find any of that crap in-game. Like, there's some of them that, like, it'll hint at, but otherwise yeah. a lot of it just feels like trial and error. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially because, like, you would you you would get a combination that worked, and if you didn't know what it did, you were going to have to, like, sit there for... 10 minutes waiting for it to actually alchemize. Not just sit there, you'd have to move. Yeah, you could, oh yeah, it would only work if you were actually taking steps. Yep. Uh, That was mean. uh, The instantaneous alchemy from everything else. Oh, that, speaking of alchemy, that's something at uh, Dragon Quest X, I actually tried weaponsmithing. It's the, Mm -hmm. it's exactly the fun size forge from Dragon Quest Eleven. Huh. That makes sense. So, yep. That that is where that came about. And then eleven S made it so much more convenient that I could interface with it. <laughs> but you know, like most things in the olden days, I, I was joking with a couple friends, I'm like, oh it's not the fun size forge. It's a forge that basically takes up an entire room in every uh, castle and every city you go to. You walk in and there's like molten lava, molten iron and whatever flowing through the middle of the room and <laughs> all the people... It's, it's more the like the uh, the big forge in Dragon Quest Eleven. Exactly. You know, it was like 1950s computer compared to uh, our fun-sized pocket computers, phones. God, now. I, love, I love the existence of like the need to uh, to differentiate when talking about 80s computers between mini computers and micro computers. <laughs> Very different objects. Very, very different objects. <laughs> but uh, let's see. I think I'm trying to remember s- some midnight releases I went to, and like I think I'm pretty sure I picked up Mass Effect Two at midnight for some reason, despite the fact that I don't think I think I was like in the end game of one, but hadn't quite finished <laughs> it yet. So I think I you had to have it. Yeah. Well, I think I actually stayed up that late late that night and finished it and started it up too. What a way to start. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think one of the... the uh, nothing interesting happened, but I picked up Final Fantasy thirteen and played that one super late because I had taken the, f- the next day off, smartly. And enjoyed the hell out of that. But I, I can't think of any anything too crazy. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're just a bunch of boring gamers. <laughs> see. I remember. I think I stayed up. Like I'm thinking of like rentals where I like stayed up to try to make sure that I got through them. Uh, I rented the Dot Hack games because that financially just made a lot more sense for me. But there was, they were just long enough that it was like a photo finish to actually finish them that way the first time. So, not a recommended way to play, but certainly get, adds more thrill to fighting the final boss. <laughs> uh, 
I definitely managed to make that work for infection. It didn't work for mutation where you get like a mid game boss that is ungodly hatefully hard if you haven't been grinding fairly and trading for better equipment fairly regularly. Uh, in conclusion, uh, some 16 years on, uh, uh, cursing warning, fuck you, Cubia. Um, <laughs> but, uh, let's see. Uh, I think the oldest game I can think of, like, this was something that this game is quite short, but I also only had it for a couple of days and wanted to desperately get through it because uh, I was a huge fan of the first one. I stayed up late finishing uh, Klonoa 2 on PS2, which was... Uh, I think I'm the okay. only person that wanted a PS2 early on because I wanted to play Klonoa 2. <laughs> Probably but other so. people should have because Klonoa is awesome. Everyone go play Klonoa. The Wii remake is likely quite cheap at this stage. The PS1 version uh, was available on PS3 and PSP and was, uh, you know, very good. Please play Klonoa, everyone. It's very short. It's a good platformer. There's a bazillion Japan-only spinoffs that no one's ever played. <laughs> uh, I think they're supposed to... There Namco trademarked a Klonoa Encore, so that might be coming to Switch as well. If that happens, Sweet. all of you need to buy it for me. Yeah. I was going to say, if there's anything in particular you would like me to track down over here, I can see what I can find. Hmm. So. As, as much as I would enjoy owning a copy of uh, Klonoa Moonlight Museum for Wonderswan, that probably is a bad use of my <laughs> cash. I was gonna say, I'm not sure if I could even find that. but yeah. yeah, that would actually be pretty hard to find even there. Yeah, I mean, anything on Wonderswan that is not usually Shaman King or One Piece is pretty hard to find. It <laughs> has been hard to find for over a decade. I found, like, there are, like, specialty game stores in Seattle that have some Wonderswan games that, like, my dream of, like, when I have more disposable income is pick up a Wonderswan and grab, like, the their copies of, like, Super Robot Wars Compact. But it's a, it's a bad One of these days I'm going to find... One of these days I'm going to find the Atelier game for Wonder Swan. Oh, yeah, there is an Atelier Or something game. less than $80. Yeah. The Wonder Swan, I, I'm trying to think of, like, what's the most expensive Wonder Swan game, and then it just popped into my head, there's no way that it's not Judgment Silver Sword. Is it? Yeah, I'm... Anyone yeah, really even good. knows what that is, I'm impressed. Yeah, no. Uh, huh. So, Expensive for those who... Is. For, for those who don't know... Judgment Silver Sword was a Dojin fan sequel to uh, Radiant Silver Gun uh, that was released semi-officially on the Wonder Swan. Uh, that that's uh, like one of the last titles for it, and I think maybe like 500 copies ever actually uh, got printed. Uh, yeah, sold a copy sold out within a few hours, and maybe 500 of them ever actually happened. Wow. Uh, and, like, it is possible to get it now. It's on Steam as Judgment Silver Sword Resurrection, but yeah, like, it's the it's probably the rarest Wonder Swan game. If it's not, I'm, I'll be impressed. Uh, 
Yeah, did they? Uh, yeah, that company continued on as like a semi-official, semi-dojin uh, shooting shooter company, uh, often into uh, seemingly the most recent. Uh, it, seemingly, their most recent release being having been published this year. Uh, so yeah, still somehow exists, but yeah, uh, that, that's a holy grail uh, for like something that I would never want to spend the money for, but would be uh, glad to own. <laughs> Is a Wonder Swan with Klonoa Moonlight Museum and uh, just just for kicks, Judgment Silver Sword. But, yeah. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's what it was. I was talking about Klonoa that somehow dragged us into Wonder Swan discussion. <laughs> no, never, just another day on Q and A quest. Sure. Never, never forget the incredible brand synergy of the U.S. release of Dot Hack Part One Infection, containing an ad for the the wildly successful successor to the Wonder Swan, the Wonder Hawk. Uh, since it was, it took place in the then distant future of 2009. Uh, the the game contains like a n- uh, fake news item that's like, and the Wonderhawk has now become the most successful handheld in history, or whatever the hell. And then, like the same day that came out in the U.S. was the day that Bandai officially pulled the plug on the Wonder Swan Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Truly incredible. But uh, yeah, so there's uh, there's your Wonder Swan history. Um, let's see, uh, but I also asks how many systems have you bought at launch? Hmm. Mm. DS. I think I was about the only one. Uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a late adopter for pretty much everything else. Yeah. Let's see. I got the Switch at launch, because I had to play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> uh, I think the Switch might be the only one for me. As as far as like getting it on launch day, I've gotten a few like in the early launch window. Yeah, when I got the PS2, it felt like it was still launch. Oh, the 3DS. I mean, again, I, I said DS, but I had to get on a waiting list to get one, so it was definitely <laughs> not launch day. It was like two oh. months later. I watched 3DS on launch day as well. That was not a... That was a dire time. Yeah. I think I did Vita, too. Oh, that's... That <laughs> remained a dire time. Uh, what uh, what, uh, what 3DS game did you get at launch, Wheels? Uh, Street Fighter? Street Fighter sounds right. That's what I picked up. Because like, it's just like, what else were you going to get? Were you the Steel Diver child? Hell no. <laughs> what the hell else came on at launch? Uh, Dogs and Cats, Steel Diver, that Ghost Recon strategy game. I may have played uh, that and not played it. I know a lot of people did. That system suddenly, like, sprang into relevance about six months later. Yeah. And hey, I played a lot of the Ambassador games, so I didn't get completely screwed. I think the Vita uh, game should be pretty obvious, though. Uncharted? Yes. That was, like... The launch game, I guess. There was there are a lot of Vita launch games, but no one wants to remember any of them because they all have names like Army Corps of Hell. <laughs> Does anyone remember that happening? I re- yes. 
<laughs> Didn't buy it. I remember it. I see the the oh the PlayStation blog has all the sweet details on the PS Vita launch. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, what do we got here? Escape plan, Hot Shots Golf World Invitational. I probably Hustle bought that games, at some point. Little Deviants, Mod Nation Racers Road Trip. Oh, that game sucks. <laughs> That's a depressing revelation because that means you bought it. Uh, Super Stardust Delta. Gravity Rush wasn't a launch title, was it? It was. It's listed here as launch window, but I don't think it came out until June, and the, the Vita came out in like February. Yes, I mean uh, Uncharted kept me busy for a while, but man, that game had to use all the features in the Vita, and I. She got. You got that butt touch. You got that uh, gyroscoping. There's a part where you have to row like a canoe. Yeah. I think using one of the, either the touch screen or the rear touchpad that really pissed me off. <laughs> that worked in Ape Escape back in like 1998 because they just had to use the analog sticks and that was intuitive. <laughs> like, I don't... Uh, I remember, like, people complaining I never played this because I don't actually like Uncharted, but... <gasps> Listen, it's just it's just bad Gears of War. Um, <sighs> but, uh, <sighs> I remember... Okay, I'm sorry, continue, continue. I remember uh, people complaining that you had to, like, to... Use, there was, like, a sniper weapon in that, that to use it, you had to, like, hit the touch screen to cause it to zoom in, and it was just like, why would you ever do that? Yeah, it was not good. Also, the touch screen was how you use melee attacks. It was it was an ill-advised set of controls. Hmm. Uh, let's see, other launch window titles. Gravity Rush, that's very generous to describe that as launch. Uh, MLB 12, the show, Wheels might have owned that at some stage. Yep. Pretty sure that had a Red Sox player on it, so yeah. <laughs> uh, something called Reality Fighters? And I, Before you go on, I shouldn't sound too down on that, because the MLB, the show games on Vita were actually fantastic. Oh, I believe it. I hope that the MLB games that are now coming to all platforms from Sony are still good. Oh, I'm destroyed by that every time I remember it. I can't wait for that. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, the NFL announces that EA will continue to be the sole proprietor of uh, NFL games. Let's see. Something called Unit 13 that I have no idea what it even was. It's a cover-based shooter. Oh, so okay. okay, that makes sense. It's okay. Uh, Army Corps of Hell, as previously mentioned. <laughs> uh, Asphalt Injection, which is like the racing game that Ubisoft puts at launch of every single video game console. Ubisoft is a fascinating company. <laughs> it, it feels like it's probably at least partly farmed out to Gameloft, which is basically Ubisoft's mobile division, even though officially they're not the same company. Uh, Ben 10 Galactic Racing mm. oh. Blaze Blue Continuum Shift Extend I'm pretty sure I had that at some point Dungeon Hunter Alliance Bad Diablo Probably, it sounds like it yeah, it's... Dynasty Warriors Next When are we getting to the good games? <laughs> uh, 
Spoiler alert. I think we already have. Uh, not at lunch. <laughs> F1 2011, EA Sports, FIFA, Soccer. You can tell EA doesn't want to support a platform when they get, put a sport ti- sports title on there, but don't put a number on it. <laughs> like, that's them saying we don't care. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is why I usually don't pick up a new console until I have at least three games I know I want only on it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Smart. I'm a fool with a technology fetish. Um, not not uh, for the Switch, though, because that had... Uh, wow. I had Breath of the Wild, which yeah. was basically three games by itself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Luminous Electric Symphony. Michael Jackson, The Experience. We really are in 2012. You have to be making some of these up, right? <laughs> no, these are all games. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies. Really? Rayman. Yes. Rayman Origins. Oh, that's that's a fantastic port. Yeah, much better than the 3DS port, which feels like you're playing an <laughs> playing an MP4. That's yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how. Like that's the only way I can describe it. It feels like it's running at the at the frame rate you would expect, like video of a game to run yeah. at. It's weird. Uh, Shinobi Do Two: Revenge of Zen. Sure. Uh, Tales of Space Mutant Blobs. I feel like if you were totally Zen, you would not need revenge. I think Zen <laughs> is a character in that. It's the sequel to uh, a Way of the Samurai spinoff called Way of the Ninja. A sequel to a spinoff? <laughs> yeah, as you do. Is your launch title? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> You need to go back and keep playing that way of the Samurai Roguelike. So you, you obviously have enough fans from the first to follow you to the second. Can, we, can we just talk system. about... I don't know how many people saw that stream, but Wheels like, developed a pathological hatred of the vendor <laughs> and kept killing himself. He's dre- He was like d- dressed up as a vending machine. I know, that makes him a pure and if, soul. And, you and if, you try and kill, if you try and kill him, he blows up. You played roguelike. You know what happens when you attack the shopkeep. I don't usually attack the shopkeep. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Touch My Katamari. Possibly the worst Katamari game. That's not a good title either. Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but that is like that is not a good Katamari game either. Like as a huge Katamari fan, I was just like, oh, please stop. He's dead. Um, uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. And Virtua Tennis 4 World Tour Edition. There's your Vita launch. Actually, it actually seems like a better lineup than the 3DS. <laughs> it is, but it also didn't improve. It's true. <laughs> when, when the 3DS was in trouble, Nintendo's response was, oh no, we have to pull out all the stops. When the Vita was in trouble, like, Sony's response was, well, you're on your own, kid. <laughs> And I got many third-party publishers try very hard. <laughs> what were you saying? I said I remember that. That's when I got the 3DS. Was when it was in trouble and went on sale. Like oh yeah, there was that brief glorious first... period where you could still qualify for being an ambassador, even though comp- even though eighty dollars had already been knocked off of its price tag. <laughs> yep. That's when I think I got mine. Uh, going back to the original question, I think the Wii is the only system I got within like the first month of it being released. 
Oh, oh I, tr- wow. I tried to get that one. I couldn't locate first. one at yeah, that time. I was not I able bought... to get it in the first month. Oh, I'll, I lucked out. I was on eBay one night looking at them, and I caught a listing that somebody listed it for the exact sale price. I bought it. <laughs> I bought it. Somebody had bought it, and in three weeks decided, nope, don't want this. And, I mean, they could have scalped the hell out of that, as I have first-hand knowledge now, the days about, but... They put it up for what did it sell for? Two ninety nine or whatever. It was a three hundred dollar system. Yep, I, and that's what I paid for it. As a matter of fact, it's, I probably got it cheaper because didn't have to pay tax. Didn't have to pay tax. <laughs> I probably had to pay ten dollars shipping or whatever because that was back in the day where you sent them a check and they would wait till the check cleared before you mailed it back the system. And but no, I got that probably within two minutes of the listing being there. Damn. I hit buy yeah. it now and. I just remember picking one up right when, like, Super Paper Mario came out, because it was just like, this is the first time I have seen this in a store. <laughs> yeah, I had to, like, uh, like follow things online of, like, oh, this store might be getting something uh, this day, and eventually uh, I lucked out. Showed up, we at got a, lucky showed up at a Target in the morning, and they were handing out, like, slips to people. Like, okay, you're going to get one. And then was able to just wait in the car until the store opened up. But that was, that was that was like late February or early March. Took a while. Mm-hmm. My family got lucky on a PS2 early on because we just sort of like, we ended up just calling any store that seemed like it might stock it eventually. Nice. And eventually one of them was like, yes, we have them in. Yes, we will hold one. <laughs> oh, I, I got a Wii U at launch. <laughs> It wasn't hard to find. That was really funny, though, to watch uh, people attempt to scalp that and fail miserably because, like, they were lucky if they got the price they paid for it because Mm. it just wasn't selling. No. That was the way you could immediately tell that they were in for rough times with that system (laughs) was that it wasn't even possible to scalp it. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I mean, you had a similar issue with PlayStation 2 originally, but that was because they made so many of the things so cheaply that half of them didn't work properly. I mean, like, those were hard to find, for at least in the U.S., for a very long time. No, uh, apparently, people did try to um, buy them up and scalp them, except it was so hit and miss on the quality for the very first people release. People weren't willing to... Exactly. Like, people distrusted internet shopping at that time to begin with anyway. That's a weird thing to think about, but, like, October 2000, like, people did not trust eBay. Hey, I now so. trust eBay more than uh, Amazon. Fair. Uh, but, yeah, like, the it's, it's weird to think about now, but, yeah, yeah, so, like, it was really just, like, could you find it nearby? Hope you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're not actually lucky if you manage to get a PS2 before, like, October of 2001, because that first year is completely dire. <laughs> Let's all play Ring of Red. What's Ring of Red? You don't know. It's actually pretty good. It's one of the highlights of that year. It's not a sign that your Xbox is about to break? No, no, not at that time. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, mm. Ring that of Red was, was like a enough. mecha strategy game? It was something, it was yeah. 
it was one of those things that like you wouldn't think of it as like a title to release early on in the in a new console's lifetime and you especially would not think of it as a title to be released early in the lifetime in the US but see I'm trying to think of like just the dire selection of like PS2 games you could get in like February of 2001 and it's all like well there's all those awful launch games like I hope you like Fantavision and Evergrace uh Play Ring of Red, Shadow of Destiny. Uh, you were yeah. you were desperately hoping that Dark Cloud was going to be good. Spoilers, sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say PlayStation Two. That's one I didn't buy until Romancing Saga and so Devil like Summer Rider were available. Yeah. By that point, it had a great library, but yeah. Uh, yeah, two thousand five. Yep. Otherwise, I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, oh, you could play Oni, the fu- the incredible, uh, <laughs> the incredible mm. Ghost in the Shell knockoff that happened when Rockstar and Bungie came forward and worked together. That was the time. I love that that game. That game came out right before both of those companies exploded into being the two two of the biggest companies of that generation. Yeah, Some and they came times. together to produce a game that looks like someone watched Ghost in the Shell and then proceeded to make a video game but with less introspection and more really bad shooting um it's not great yeah it's it's a bad game there was a sequel to that game planned and I will never get over the fact that that sequel had the working title of Oni 2 Death and Taxes which (laughs) It reflects how much the developers were just like, well, it just sort of has to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't name something Death and Taxes without being thinking about, like, well, the only reason that this is happening is pure inevitability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. let's see, yeah, that's, that's, that was early PS, uh, oh yeah, there was Planoa too. that was something I was pumped about. There's that first Onimusha, both of those titles are three hours long. I think that was the first time I saw people complaining that they had bought a game for $50 and it was finished in three hours. When did uh, Summoner come out? Summoner is a launch game and it's complete trash. I disagree, sir. I despise that game. <laughs> did you love the twist where uh, it turns out that you shouldn't have been bothering to try to find your character's old master all that time because he couldn't help you anyway? No, I don't remember that. At the end, it turns out you were God the whole time. <laughs> yes, yeah, somebody then was trying to get clever with the plot twists and failed. And then Summoner 2's twist was that gods don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> it, yep, it somebody's getting way too clever. Uh, listen, good. we are talking about the developers that went on to make Saints Row, so... Yeah, so thanks for a one sex too. Probably. Really bad wheels. I'm yeah. sorry. No, why, I have why played is it. Why making me suddenly think of Daikatana? Oh God, why? Just because I was thinking, okay, really awful game. Super, I'm super hyped at first. Stupid title because that's not even how you pronounce this kanji. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. And oh, I. <laughs> Oh, I did not realize that the Game Boy Color game for the series was produced by Kemco. <laughs> oh, God, and it's the better that? game. 
And it's the better game, apparently, yes. Uh, I didn't even know there was a Game Boy game. <laughs> yeah, game Boy Zelda Color Knockout? version. Wow. It was uh, released only in Europe. <laughs> it and it was, decided however... to get North American and Japanese release due to poor reputation of Daikatana brand. <laughs> John Romero, however, did uh, put the ROM officially on his site for a while there. Yeah. At Romero's request, the title was adapted as a top-down dungeon crawler in the style of early Zelda games. And links well. <laughs> yeah, what? The uh, there's a lot of references in Daikatana to uh, freaking Romero's love of old Nintendo games, which shouldn't surprise anyone because early it is full of fans of old Nintendo games to the point where the first game that they pitched was a port of Super Mario Brothers 3 to the PC. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, in conclusion, early PS2 was not a, not a fun time. Not recommended. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's hit these last couple questions that Budai gave us. Uh... Is gaming a rich man's hobby, uh, a rich man's hobby, or an affordable one? It depends on how you're going to approach it. Yeah, depends on where you live too. Because hey, I can get some really good games for literally one coin over here. Yeah, I mean, you keep an eye out on the digital sales, like especially with uh, you'll get some real cheap stuff on digital shops as well. I mean, I picked up Cosmic Star Heroine for two dollars. Yeah, <laughs> so it was a buck fifty this week. Yeah, a buck fifty. That's what it was. Yep. It's like ninety percent off that. How can I say no? Coin. Yep. Oh gosh, uh, I remember for at least three years, every Tuesday at lunch at work, the first thing I would do would get my lunch, and I'd sit down and open the PSN store because they would update every Tuesday morning or something. And, and now it's time to check. <laughs> yep, I, my Vita and my PS4 are full of five dollar games that. Yeah. Maybe I paid 10 or 8 here and there for. Ironically, the games that are labeled free-to-play are probably the least cheap in this metric. But Well, <laughs> I mean, it depends on how you play them and like what you want to get out of them, necessarily. Fair enough, but, but, but at yeah, the same time, also the... yes. yes. <laughs> and, uh... I mean, I've, uh, I've, I've been playing a lot of games with my son this year. And the way we've done it is kind of an accelerated version of how I usually do my gaming. Like, we'll buy a game. I bought Luigi's Mansion 3. I think I paid $50 brand new for it. Um, free shipping. Through, that helped uh, out you, though, so that probably sold pretty well. And that's the thing. <laughs> I just sold it last week for $46 used. So, I mean, between, like, what... PayPal took their cut, and eBay's costing four dollars. You paid maybe ten dollars for. I, I paid ten dollars. Yeah, so a lot of these, and that's a new game on Switch. I mean, if you're getting into gaming now, think of all the all these games that are out there for dirt cheap that you, you can go download. dumpster diving. Yeah, there was a. I mean, if you're looking for physical only, obviously you're going to pay more. But yeah, these digital shops are full of tons of games that are look you can play Final Fantasy 9 now for what $15 from the eShop and uh, but yeah I, I think the way that I would also look at it is that uh, video games represent a really high value to individual purchase 
like just in terms of if you're going to finish a game mm-hmm. the amount of like money per hour tends to be much like you know you get a streaming service for movies or something like that's going to change the calculus but like value per hour of like a discreetly purchased product like oh games are just going to outstrip most forms of entertainment other than books <laughs> Mm-hmm. But uh, other recommendations. Uh, in a couple of years, the PS4 and Xbox are going to start uh, having most of their games in clearance. That is the time. Yeah. I did that. I was I was a scavenger of PS2 bargain bins and own a number of very strange video games because of it. That's how <laughs> I found out about uh, Dragon Quest. Or not Dragon Quest. Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. Oh, man. I grabbing oh. it from a bargain bin. PSA news alert that game finally doesn't have horrendous like graphical text glitch artifacts on PCSX2. Wink wink. Play it. It's awesome. It's, a good game. it's the best game in the series. I will finally play Breath of Fire 3 sometime in the near future. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I promise I will be kind. Unlike a certain rolling friend. <laughs> um but yeah. Uh, it's it's very much a hobby that uh, depends on your approach. Yep, and your tastes. If you like older RPGs, you may have to dish out some money. Yeah, those are those are a killer. Uh, thankfully, like, man, remember when it was just like pulling teeth to try to find Atlas games? Yeah. Like no, the PS2 was thankfully the end of that concept, but. I mean, even I remember like, you can even find a lot of those. Maybe it's not the case again now, but there was a time where they reprinted a bunch of those, and you could you could find like all the rare Atlas PS2 games. I remember before the reprint, picking up a copy of Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne and feeling like I and realizing that at the time this was the case, feeling like I'd gotten a deal because I got a copy for only $50 that didn't have a case. <laughs> I really, I really do need to play that sometime because I still have my PlayStation 2 copy that came with Devil Summoner Rido too. Oh, uh, the, Mani- the Chronicles Maniacs edition. Yes. Got to get that Dante replaced with Rido. Yep. And it's just the case where I just never actually had the... I rarely ever have the time on consoles, or in this case, have the consoles hooked up anymore. That so. would be a very ideal game for it to be uh, ported to Switch. Think, uh, think maybe you could get on that Atlas? Probably not. Um, no, they're busy on the Persona, Persona 5 port. Bring yeah. Persona 5 and finish that Shin Megami Tensei 5, please and thank you. Um, right. <laughs> I, I, I just need an excuse to dump another 120 hours into Persona 5 Orion. <laughs> You'll never but, see it uh, coming. Uh, I, I oh, have absolutely God. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been playing Persona 5 dancing for the past couple days. I think I've sucked like five hours into it oh, in the man. past like 48 hours. Just because I needed some mindless fun after thinking too hard mindless. about translating in uh, Dragon Quest Ten, And oh gosh. So just hearing that line is like, oh my God, you know how many times I've heard that song in just the... Uh, <laughs> I assume that they never put in that they probably didn't add, like as DLC they should have added the new uh, fight theme from 
royal, but I assume it's not in there in any capacity. No, oh, I'm sure it's... I mean, they would have to update it wet in the past month. Uh, eh, like six months in Japan. It came out in like last September. Oh, that's true. No, I just got the base game. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. But that, that one thing that I do like about Persona 5 Dancing is... Uh, every time I see gifts of each of the characters dancing, because they all have like personality fitting dancing, mm-hmm. and I'm a huge fan of uh, you've got the shut in character Futaba, who just cannot dance at all. Like every time <laughs> I've seen her dancing, she it's was just, doing like, a tap dance at one of them. Like it what just a, looks she's awful like, every time I see flat it. Flat out just, tapping. I'm like, what the hell? That doesn't fit. Nope. I saw like a nor- like a more normal a- attempt at a dance that just looked awful, and I was just like, "No, that's perfect." Mhm, mhm. Yeah, I don't think they added. I remember people being surprised. I don't think those have stories, unlike Persona Four dancing. They don't. No, I, but given Persona Four dancing story, that may, might be a mercy. Oh, yeah. I like in in Persona 5 dancing they're asking at one point like why are we doing this and they're like well there's once upon a time that one of our one of our siblings had their their person like solved a really big problem through the use of dance so we thought you know why not just get together and try that again what if we even danced? though there's no problem yeah there's no problem like, i just felt like dancing exactly, like they literally wrote in why there's not a plot in this one into this one <laughs> I mean, respect. Yeah, I mean, they pointed out, like, it's a lot of time there was actually something that needed to be done, but, eh, since we didn't, we figured we'd get you here today, and... Dance a bit? Yep. <laughs> See? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, the, reviewed the only... the, or I was gonna say, I reviewed the third one, Persona Dancing, the Persona 3 Dancing one. Dancing in <laughs> Moonlight, I think? Yeah. And it, it's basically... Because, what, 3 and 5 came out together. They came out at the same time. They sold a package that was just those two games. I have that yep. package. Then yes. later in Japan, they sold a ta- package that was those two games and a PS4 port of Persona 4 Dancing. Oh, jeez. That came out here. Oh, that did? Huh. Yeah, that's that's what I grabbed. You, you get. I wish I thought they were better dancing games. <laughs> I think they're kind of bad. You get 3 and 5 and the code for 4. They're just such, like, the thing that I noticed, like, I, I only played four, maybe five and three fixed this, but when I played it, it was like, the center of the screen is indescribably busy and all of the commands are coming from it. <laughs> it's just well, like, I, mean, I can't play this. The last thing this. you want to do is watch the people dance, because you know, then you're gone. Yeah, you can't actually see what they're doing. No. There's no... And, like, even if you're trying to pay attention to the icons, at least in Persona 4 Dancing on Vita, they're so small, and they're just rushing to the outer edge of the screen, which it's hard it's hard to keep track of, like, both outer edges of the screen at the same time. So you just sort of fail a lot, in my experience. I wow. wish I liked uh, that uh, game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're okay. They're, they're good for mindless fun. I will say they are definitely easier than... Uh somebody's Bon Appetit version. (laughs) (laughs) And Persona 3 Dancing All Night, uh, not Dancing All Night, Dancing Moonlight, Dancing in Moonlight, something or other, uh, has a remix track by uh, one of my favorite composers, Jet Set Radio composer Hideki Naganuma. 
Nice. Uh, there's a lot of good versions in these. I mean, it is crazy. Yeah, they have great soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's, that, that is why I play them every now and again, just... Just let the music wash over. Correct. I just wish I liked them as music games as much as something like, say, Theater Rhythm. Mm. How do you feel about Theater Rhythm Dragon Quest? <laughs> Isn't Was that only for 3DS? Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that might have come out on like iOS and Android in Japan at some stage, but I, otherwise, I actually bought that because it was like twelve dollars somewhere. Oh yeah, it was very cheap for yeah. some reason. And I got it. it was like I think well, it's wow, I, wow. I don't like this. <laughs> I, Did I you try playing it? And... Yeah, I just oh. it was like I I don't want a rhythm game of Dragon Quest music actually. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, now I'm just imagining a rhythm section just for the end of battle theme. And then that's it. But at random, it'll just play a level up theme. That is one game I have not tried out. I don't really recommend it. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard it seems to have been less popular than Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call. Uh... Uh, let's see, and let's hit this last Budai question. Uh, have you ever saw? Oh, there are two more, but one of them's just a yes or no. Uh, have you ever self-repaired a system? Nope, I break things. Mm. <laughs> mm. I assisted in someone self-repairing a PS2, but that wasn't really me, so... I'd have to go with no on that one. I have not even... Yeah, no. I've mm. never had broken systems. I'll, I'll, I've lucked out on everything. I've heard you guys talk in the past about all the systems you broke, but yeah, no, my Sony track record's Me. really bad. I dropped a PSP Go on a hardwood floor. Did it survive? No, Let's I had see. to get it replaced. But Sony was still doing repairs, so I was able to. <laughs> you said my my Wonder Swan color has not worked in fourteen years. Oh, you gotta yeah. get on that. No more dice yeah. to chocobo for you. Yeah. You say that as I'm watching a chocobo chasing a dice because I've started up. The, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm literally watching a chocobo chasing a dice right now. Let's see. Uh, a loading screen. I've never I've never repaired a console. Like yeah, I've, I'll go down the list of ones that broke for me. Uh, PS One, PS Two. <laughs> PS3, PSP. <laughs> it's a wonder I keep it buying It just seems these like you're things. listing everything that Sony makes. Xbox 360, there's there's another one that did break oh, on me. Spread it around. Uh, I dropped a Game Boy once. That one stopped working, but they just replaced it for free, so it was fine. I dropped a Game Boy and it started having black lines across the screen. Yeah, that'll do it to that screen. That'll happen. Yeah. And it stayed that way until I got a Game Boy Color. Uh, mine Wait. was a Game Boy Pocket. Well, I shouldn't say it, it stayed that way until I got a Game Boy Color. It, I stopped caring about it after I got the Game Boy Color. Let us let us all stand and salute the uh, Golf the Golf War Game Boy that Nintendo kept in a museum. It, no, it's at the it's at the uh, World of Nintendo in Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah, Is it? I've seen it. It's yeah. I'm gonna have to check that, that out when it's safe to go to New York. Yeah, it's, it looks like it got hit by a bomb because it did. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, and still works. I love how they have it plugged in they, and just they left power it on just to make sure. Yep. Yes, this object still works. Uh, my favorite, my favorite story of a <laughs> console was uh, there was in the in like 2001 there were issues of Electronic Gaming Monthly where they would reference a Jesus GBA that they passed around the office which someone had somehow dunked into a toilet fished out <laughs> found that it didn't work, turned it off tried it again three days later and it worked huh I had a similar story with a flash drive once but okay. <laughs> uh, yeah I like I don't think I've, like, the, I've managed to kill a Game Boy Pocket. I don't think I've ever successfully killed another Nintendo console. Uh, my DS's, like, hinges stopped working, but that didn't really involve any repair. I just sort not hinges. Uh, the LNR buttons got very flaky, but that didn't involve any self-repair. It was just a sad time. <laughs> just meant I had to be very careful. But, uh... No lateral movement for you. As it turns out. Uh, <laughs> and let's see. And a, and a last question that's just a simple yes or no. Are you getting Xenoblade Definitive Edition? Two copies, yes. Two copies? Why? I'm buying it digitally and the collector's edition for collecting. Okay, sure. Because I'm crazy and I love that game, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, yeah. I've noticed. Have you considered you should stop? <laughs> no. I like how you didn't say no. That's okay. <laughs> it's not. It, yeah, you didn't. You didn't finish saying I'm that. Not, so. I'm not here to. I'm not here to encourage listen, these decisions. Listen, I want the nice art book and stuff, and the only way to get it is to just buy the damn thing. And but and I also. Yeah, I, it's stupid, okay? I admit it's stupid, but I'm doing it anyway. Remember, didn't you have, like, the European edition of Xenoblade 1? I did. For, like, the Steelbook purposes? No, that was because <laughs> that, that was cause I got it before they announced it was even coming to the U.S. Ah. And I had already hacked my Wii at that point, so I could, I could play a uh, European game. Mm-hmm. And then when yeah, and then when the U.S. version came out, I just I sold that version and replaced it with the other one, and that did not come with the steel book. I recall you wanting a Xenoblade steel yes. book at some stage. Yes, the for the new one. Yes. Oh. But it's basically un unobtainable, and um, it's it's not worth it. <laughs> you say that now. No, seriously, it's not worth it. <laughs> I don't care. I like those, those I are like, two different statements, Wheels. Yes, I like steel books. <laughs> I don't like them that much. Like what so people are selling them for? Yes, somewhere. Yes, like I had remembered at one point there was a like uh, near Automata, very nice steel book that people were selling like just the steel book for like over a hundred dollars. Yeah, and that was that was a no. <laughs> uh, I should finish that eventually. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's better games to play. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just don't gel with Yokodara's writing style. Um, so we will we will hit the one actual comment section question so that we don't leave crawl out in the cold. Oh, yeah, Thank you, Budai, for please. giving us this giant set of questions. Uh, but yeah, uh, from crawl, nobody likes spoilers, right? But has a spoiler ever outright ruined a game for you, or even caused you to quit playing or abandon a planned purchase? Um, Wheels got real glib in the comment section. Yes. Uh, Spoilers saved me from wasting more time on Star Ocean 3. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, most of the games I play, it's hard to find details on them at times, so... Yeah. No one's one's itching to come out on Twitter to give their hot take on uh, Blazer Drive. (laughs) It was an awesome game, just... Don't play. Yeah, but no one's no one's coming out to shout what happened in it. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, I really do need to finish that review of um, Monster Strike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you don't. We already know all about it. Oh no, not the 3DS game that's actually good. <sighs> no, I, I was kidding. I don't know even anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the the. I, I have been in the situation where providing spoilers destroyed a destroyed a human being. Oh. Uh, this the, these were spoilers they requested because they were terrified because of the early buzz at the time. But I had the infinite uh, lack of pleasure of spoiling Mass Effect 3's ending for someone. Oh, and I think I think it sent him into a depression for a couple of days. Oh, oh. It was just one of those things where he was like, where like, because we had both heard rumblings that the ending was bad. And I got to it first. And so I was basically like live responding to it. I was I like reached a point where I was like, okay, this doesn't seem so bad. This seems fine. This seems fine. Then I get to the last 10 minutes and I'm like, oh my God, what have they done? <laughs> <laughs> and he just like. It, like I found out a few days later, he just stopped playing for a few days because he just could not face how bad the ending was going to be. And it was, but yeah, it's not great. I've I've never been on the receiving end of like spoilers ruining my experience. No, neither have I. I will occasionally seek out spoilers when it's just like, I just want to know whether this is actually worth carrying on with. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, uh, that can be useful sometimes when you like see a plot point where it's like, are you going to bring this back up or is this going to go away and you're going to try to pretend that it never happened? <laughs> Usually the latter. Ooh, yeah, I, it happens. Oh, I had a spoiler for the sixth Harry Potter book that I randomly heard on a morning radio show. Oh man, could it be that? That's really one? annoying. Yeah. Certain characters dying. Yes. Certain characters dying by the hands of certain uh-huh. other characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. That was like spoiling that became a meme. It was very rude. Yeah. I mm-hmm. managed to avoid it. it. Yeah. So almost when... as good as the Final Fantasy VII spoiler memes. Yeah. So when the final book At least came those... out, I finished it in a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll I'll say from I think uh. Harry Potter 4 on. Not very much more than a weekend went on with those. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think uh, at least in FF7's t- case, it took like a at least a year or so for the spoiler to become a meme. But... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, that that that's not a spoiler that would have bothered me because I didn't care for Harris in the original version. <laughs> Meanwhile, in FF Seven Remake, everyone's yeah. like, "Do you have to?" Yeah, no, no. Now, now I'm hoping they do the unthinkable and change that because that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still pulling for them changing when it happens. Also, everyone remember who is aware, remember again, no spoilers, Wheels is not finished. Yes. But I, I desperately want them to to not do it when they when you know it's going to happen. Like, do all that build-up, avert it, and then, like, the next game, kill her off. Yeah, I, I mean... Hurt us all again. <laughs> I don't think this is spoilers, but, like, getting to where the plate falls, I'm, like, hoping, okay, maybe, maybe they'll let one of... One of Big Swedge or Jesse survived. So good. So good. <laughs> no, it was, and then when they had uh, was it Wedge at the end running around with a cat? I'm like, oh, maybe he'll survive. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I love his cats. They're great. Yeah. I want to shake the hand of whoever modeled and made, animated those cats. Meow. I'd like to. But shake. I also just. I really like cats, and I like calico cats. So. I'd like to shake the hand of everyone who voiced those characters because they made them like incredibly awesome, They're incredibly charming. Yeah, for what was basically throwaway characters in the original. They've added like Kudos the scenes they added to them were also very good, and I yeah. want to. I'm I'm waiting for some enterprising fan to make a new kind of pizza that they declare to be Midgar pizza. <laughs> <laughs> We know very little about it, but that just means you can get creative. It can't be as nightmarish as Neo Kobe pizza from uh, Snatcher. For those not familiar with Snatcher, the English version... I can't remember what this is in the Japanese version. I know it's like... I think it's an actual, albeit unusual, food item in Japan, but I can't remember what it was. In the English version, they changed it to Neo Kobe pizza, which is described essentially as dipping pizza into soup. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Uh, which sounds miserable. I'm not gonna lie. It sounds no, gross. that doesn't sound good at all. Yeah. Let me see if I can Almost get. Almost like having pineapple on pizza. Wow. What? That. No. Uh, we're not doing this right. <laughs> that comparison mm. doesn't add up. <laughs> okay, looking at it, yeah, it's, it's literally it is a slice of pizza dunked in soup. Oh, soup! Like what kind of soup? I don't know. Now, Clam- if it's like a tomato bisque, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Clam chowder. Uh, I was gonna uh, oh, see, and oh, <laughs> I will say, ninety-eight percent of soups this doesn't work. No. I'm trying to find what Neo Kobe pizza is in Japanese. I'm fairly certain it got changed in translation, but I can't remember what from. It's going to bother me all day, all night. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, I'm I'm just seeing all sorts of, like, nightmares of people actually trying it. Oh, okay. Okay, I need to... 
I need to find this. <sighs> of all the things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'll commiserate with people I uh, with people I know who would know the answer, and maybe we'll have the answer next week. In the meantime, probably start plugging. Since we are out of questions. Okay. Uh, well, we also did. Uh, questions and, and questions can go in the comments section, either of the stream if you're very lucky and very enterprising like Budai, or the comments section of this news post slash RP gamer post. I don't know how to describe it, but it's basically a news post. Uh, they can also go in yes. the Q and A quest section of the Discord. <laughs> Meanwhile, our guests and our, our guest and Gaijin also have plugs. <laughs> As usual, yes, I'm always plugging the the series on Amazon. So I, I just got episode nine out last week. So nice. Yep. It, it's, it's available. The fun one. Uh, available on Amazon. Michael Yari needs it. Yes. I think I need. I think I've made it up to five or six. I do need to get the next one after Boyfriends. Yeah. So you made it through five. Next one's okay. Banquets. Yeah. Yes. Hey, I was laying in bed with a child draped over me last night when I realized for the first time that. Kindle, the Kindle app doesn't let you actually buy a book on the Kindle app. Really? It, yeah, it, it was, and not really having bought many books. I mean, I, I guess I usually do buy it on Amazon, whether I'm on my app or whether I'm on the, uh, but yeah, it flat out said it says the Kindle app does not support purchasing of books. Please, why purchase through <laughs> Amazon? And then I, yeah, like okay. I, I thought that was very odd. Well, so. you know, Amazon, small company, growing pains, etc. Yeah, I mean, you're not doing this game again. This joke again. I, I swear, my wife lays in bed with just her Kindle. Well, you know what? I was on a Kindle app. She's actually got the actual Kindle, so maybe that's the difference. She can do it on her physical device, but the Kindle app didn't do that. Which still made no sense. Okay, uh, this is unsourced on Wikipedia, but I'm willing to believe it. Uh, apparently, in Japanese, the uh, Neokobe pizza is akashiyaki. Akashiyaki. Yeah. Well, let me see here. Akashiyaki. Okay. Well, okay. Akashiyaki is a kind of dumpling. Yeah, which makes the change very strange. Akashiyaki pizza. That sounds like hell. Uh. No. Okay. Trying to. Akashiyaki de Osusume no Ishipizo. So I'm maybe. Hyogo. Um, let's see. Yeah, I have no idea what exactly I'm looking for. Yeah, it seems. The dumpling seems to be what they were referring to, so I don't know why they changed that to this, like, weird pizza monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, I've also found a Snatcher fan site that also claims that the food is akashiyaki. Okay. Mostly made from egg, unlike its similar cousin takoyaki, which is mostly flour. But, yeah, so... Yeah, just weird. Uh... And so, yeah, there's a... Uh, oh, yeah, Plotty M3. Do you have uh, any... Uh, any plugs to do? Sure. If uh, you guys are interested in hearing more about me talk more about Dragon Quest, which is usually about half of what I do when I show up on here, um, <laughs> I have <laughs> I have my own podcast called Slime Time. Uh, I think it's DQ Slime Time to uh, avoid all the adolescent slime videos out there um finally you don't want it nickelodeon podcast yeah if if you don't want to uh listen to a 13 year old girl tell you 75 different slime recipes you may want to put in a dq slime time in your favorite podcast <laughs> app. i don't want any answers <laughs> oh uh, well see i teach science so and like i've been making slime in my science clubs for like 15 years after school so it kind of surprises me now that like every adolescent kid like knows how to do this and I'm like when did this take off I mean I've been buying glue and borax for 15 years mixing it together it's a good time it's fun for about 30 minutes and then you're like eh, whatever well I, now I need to get rid of this disgusting object I just made it, it, exactly because it's picked up every I mean it's picked up every piece of dirt on the table and of course it drips to the floor so you know you get it there it's in your hair it's on your shirt I, lo- I love making this with groups of kindergartners the best because then the parents come to pick them up and I'm just like, oops, sorry. Well, I guess it's your problem now. <laughs> or the kids that have been with me for like semester after semester and I'm like, they're like, are we going to make slime? And then I, I'm like, yeah, one, you know, about three weeks into the club we'll make slime. And then like inevitably there's these two kids that are like, oh yeah, my mom says I can't bring that home next time. I played with it on my couch. I played with it in the car. I played with it near my dog. And I was like, Listen, what do we say every time? Listen, it saves you from vacuuming. You get rid of a lot of hair that way. I, I did have a parent about 10 years ago who said very nicely that, you know, you just put a junky rag on it and take the iron, and usually it melts a little bit and soaks it up by the rag, and you get it right out of the upholstery. It's fine. That's clever. So to this That's day, I... Yep, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, listen, man, it's 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 glue and soap. That's all it is. It's We're not going to kill anybody. Wet. Yep, <laughs> that's it. One, two, three. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways of doing that now. Just look up any other type of slime recipe. But if you're looking for Dragon Quest, there you go. DQ slime time. Please do not make Thank- an actual Dragon Quest slime out of glue and borax. No. <laughs> Just buy one of the old uh, PS2 slime controllers. It basically turns into Which slime. Which is now. Yes, yeah. it basically turns into slime. Oh, you're right. I had two of them. I had <laughs> oh, two of them. No. I had from Square Enix, and one I, I think I just bought. And, yeah, one of them, one is still in its wrapper. I don't think I'll ever open it because of what happened to the other one. <laughs> Nothing good will come of it anyway. It's also not a good controller. There's no point in taking it out of the wrapper. Oh, yeah. God. No, it is very uncomfortable and yeah five years afterwards 
like after a move after it'd been in a storage shed yet touching that was not a fun experience uh this does remind me that i need to one of my prized video game autographs is i do have an autograph like piece of dragon quest 11 like promo poster with yuji hori's signature on it oh nice that's pretty rare. <sighs> yeah my my slime time co-host and i um there's a few of us that have little plush um dragon quest slime guy and we'll post under this westy um name on twitter and he brought one of them to I think it was the Anime Expo in 2017 or 2018. And uh, Yuji Hori was there just like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And very, very clearly said that he was only signing the little tickets that they were giving or whatever, these little things. And then mm-hmm. he got there and he was signing anything. He didn't care. He was <laughs> like, oh, give me that. But he didn't get the, the blue slime signed. I'm like, are you serious? Why didn't you get him slimed? He's like, well, I didn't want it. It's like signature on the face, like right over it. I'm like, what the hell? Have him slime the bottom. And literally, he was like, I was in so much awe. I didn't even think about that. Like, <laughs> like Listen, the most fun when you find a... The most fun you can have when you find some a creator you respect is to uh, hand them something that they don't expect to sign. Exactly. That's what I've learned over the years. Like, hand them something that they don't see very often. <laughs> Hmm. Oh, yeah. I I passed by the toy store at the shopping center the other day, and they actually had a slime stuff um, plushie. Oh, nice! Yes, it was a probably a three kilogram slime plushie. Um, oh. I I I would have trouble putting my arms around this thing. It was seventy five dollars. <sighs> you get what you pay for. That's a lot of slime. <laughs> I was gonna say I was wondering what was the surprise about seeing some sort of slime in Japan, but yeah, okay, that that that's that's, that's no big boy. That's a king slime by itself. That's it's a king the crown. Uh, yeah. So yeah, questions in the usual places, and if you're enterprising like Budai, if you catch us, if you catch wheels streaming, then. That's where you can also offer questions, but also maybe be enterprising like him and take a screenshot because we can miss those. Uh, <laughs> thank you to our questioners, Budai and Kroll. You have saved us from, well, me probably talking about Wild Arms for an additional hour or so. Um, Zeno Blade is live. Yeah, but I didn't have the digital version, now did I? No. Um, but yeah, uh, as for the rest, well, see you, Space Cowboys. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>